Hello and welcome to the Toronto Ultra American Maven podcast. Another episode coming your way today. We've got the one, the only Rambo Ray repping the optic green. <laughs> and also the <laughs> Dallas Empire Championship <laughs> shirt. There you go. Uh, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> I'm pretty good. How about you guys? I'm, I'm chilling, man. Just uh, lots of Zelda lately. Mess around with Warzone ranked a little bit. Just uh, doing everything in my life to support Judd Luca because he's the love of my life. There you go. You did everything to support me. <laughs> I got I got online today. You were solo, dude. I had to come help you. Anything That's a good I point. Can. Anything I can. Well, Moving to Columbus just to be there for you. I'll be your nanny. Uh, okay. It all. Sure. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait for this. Absolutely. I appreciate that, man. Thanks. Thanks for being that guy. Got you, buddy. Um. Anything crazy with the the family, Joe? Like you, you had what Mother's Day wedding anniversary this weekend? All yeah, sorts yesterday of stuff. it's a busy weekend. Yeah, Mother's Day we had the family down. Uh, Sunday was our wedding anniversary and Mother's Day, so it's just a big weekend. Uh, you know, Theo was great though, as always. But yeah, that was, was a, it was a crazy weekend. That was Mo's first Mother's Day, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. that was big. She got yeah, well, yeah. This is a weird question, but do you count mm-hmm. like? Oh, I guess. Oh, no, she was pregnant last one, right? Yeah, yeah. So is that, do you count that as like Mother's Day, like when you're pregnant? Yeah, no, I think so. Nope. I, I, I don't even know why I thought to ask that. I just was kind of curious whether that was a thing or not. I had no idea. But anyway. No, I don't, right. I don't think so. I don't think it is. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> okay, Ray, thank you for joining us. Uh, listen, we're going to uh, cover a couple of uh, CDL topics uh, real quick before we kind of hop into you. Uh, what kind of drives you as a person, your career? Uh, what drives me is you. You, oh, you drive me. That, that big brain of his, dude. <laughs> <laughs> from uh, you know the career to time at Sledge to coaching, what's next, all that type of stuff. So we're we're gonna go through it. But uh, Joe, a couple topics you just want to touch on quickly uh, with the CDL uh, stuff. Yeah, we have one one week left to qualifiers, which is crazy. The last last week is uh, next weekend, but this past weekend, I just think some things that stood out. Uh, what optics? They're up to four zero now. Obviously, they've consistently looked this good with Ghosty. And the guy is averaging like three minutes in the hill. I, I mean, I don't know. He's just he's just chilling, dude. He's just commanding the troops. But they seem to be like playing a very consistent style um, that is working for them, right? It feels like they really have the game figured out. Um, LA Thieves, 0-3, big surprise after winning a major. But I think what's weird is it's happened to multiple teams Toronto these last the couple of years. Yeah. Um, I, so I don't know if it's just players or, you know, teams are really studying them. It could just be... Because like they they've had some splits where they haven't performed as well online compared to LAN, of course. But for the most part, they survive. They get the winners bracket. Um, so you know you don't want to start in losers. And then Vegas beating Rocker, I think was was obviously huge when we talk about the the playoffs and the standings. They're only what ten points behind now, I think. Yep. Um. So Rocker Rocker has the game in hand though, technically. Yeah, I mean it'll come down to the major, but I think. For Vegas, it's a question of can you get to that winner's bracket again? Because they had the chance last major, they bombed out in Rocker. Like if you start in losers, like that's that can be a scary place down there in the dungeons, the depths. I do think one thing that'll help. Like, listen, I, I, I crowd and everything can be overhyped at times, but I think if there's anyone that kind of feeds off that, I mean, plays definitely a guy that probably does. And when you talk about their first winner's bracket, you know, it was in the it was the Columbus Major. He didn't have the crowd. Um, dude, I saw something with, uh, it was like, um, 
the biggest brands, I think they did a poll, was it Breaking Point or somebody? And like yeah. Vegas was like third or something because like it play. <laughs> like like he's huge and people want to watch him play and root him on. So that it might be a little bit different story, just just with that involved, uh the next major if they're able to do it, but we'll see. Well, what's crazy, I just looked, LADs plays Rocker, so maybe you do have a potential loser's bracket start there for Rocker, so that would be big for them. Um, yeah, sure. But I don't know, man. CDLs, yeah, it's, it's crazy to think that it's wrapping up. It's crazy to think. It just feels like every time, because we started earlier, right, in December, it just is like, mm -hmm. wow, we're already at the, the end of the year. I don't know. Well, it's been, excited, though. Is it weird for you, Ray, a little bit, just sort of... You know, I mean, being involved and like not involved is this sort of like stretched on longer this like final bit or is it still kind of the same shit? It's still kind of, I mean, I've obviously stayed involved and keep watching and try to do as much as I can to to remain in the world uh, in case something were to happen where I had to come back in. Um, but yeah, it has, it's I agree with Joe. Things it just seems like years move a lot faster now just because of the fact that like there isn't as much playing going on. There's a lot of practicing probably mm -hmm. just as much or more so than when we competed but in terms of like actually go to compete it just feels like there's a lot less just because you're playing like one or two matches every week and that's it it just kind of comes and goes um so it feels like time goes on a little faster especially for the teams that are kind of in the hunt for playoffs like you really feel like you don't have that many chances uh so coming down the stretch it's pretty nerve-wracking for those teams i'd assume at this point uh they feel like i mean like especially for like rocker now i have two more matches online and whatever they have to go through a land if they don't win these matches online they start to lose bracket like if vegas win one or two more you feel like you like you kind of have to win these matches if you're all of those teams especially rocker in vegas so but uh -huh. no nah, i'm still getting involved i'm still still remaining keys just still watching you know still keeping my oh, yeah, my, yeah 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 i remember you know just think the day to the day to day of it sometimes because like i thought with joe and i you know when you're full-time in the league and casting every single week like time kind of goes by in a blur and i thought it'd be a little bit slower but then we're still streaming every day so like time's still a blur and i'm sure that the two months earlier thing, like that plays a big part because usually right now I'm thinking, you know, we still got three months left. It's just it's a month until champs. It just sort of uh, feels like it kind of came out of nowhere. It's definitely a little different, but I've I've done myself well to keep busy with as much as I could. So, oh boys, golf. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you got you have a time. Let's get let's get right into it. Let's start talking about kind of you and that. That's kind of a nice segue, like. With the golf thing, I know, I know we've played together a couple of times and I was horrific and it didn't last long, but you, well, it's, you know, it, it got, it got, your bowling got basically memed, I know, recently, but yeah, like a lot of people don't know how, how big into it you, you know, you were uh, ever since like earlier in your career, like how competitive you are when it comes to like everything, I guess, first and foremost, just where did that like insane competitive drive come from to want to you know, be the best in literally everything uh, you possibly can? <laughs> I just, I, I mean, I'm just super competitive. Just like, I mean, most of the guys who compete in COD, like Joe included, and I'm sure you did when you were like in your Halo days. Um, it's, we just like beating people at things. Um, and I've, I've kind of had the knack to have a good like view and like learn from watching a lot of things I've done in life, um, including sports like hockey, bowling, golf, uh, anything really I kind of get my hands on. Um, and I just, I just really love beating people at things. It's, it brings me joy. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I hear you. No, I, try, I, I try to I try to be as kind of above average as many things as I can, just to. And I feel like it helps just anything in general, even for like COD. Like when you look at it from a perspective, like the mental attributes from being competitor in anything really kind of transfer over. Um, obviously COD is very different than bowling or golf or anything else, but the aspect of when you do compete, the mental fortitude of like remaining calm in moments and pressure situations, or or just anything from like learning uh, the the deeper levels of competition, any sport really kind of transpire and translate to other things. 
including COD. So I feel like that's kind of helped me through my career on anything I've done, um, including the Call of Duty stuff. It's like it's beating people is one part of it, but I also just I hate being bad at things. And that, that's part yeah, partly that's why fair. I stopped. Like I, I couldn't golf as much as I wanted to and I wasn't good at it. So like I'm not doing this. Like if I can't put the time in to be good at it, I'm not doing it. Like I Dude, hate my, my stuff. I hate stream it. is always like, when are you golfing, Joe? When are you gonna pick it up? And like <laughs> I used to golf when I was younger, and I'm like, guys, like here's the thing. If I start golfing, I'm gone. Like all I'm going to do is that like you will, my streams will be cut in half. Cause I'm going golfing. Like I know I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm very competitive as Ray said, like, it's just part of our, our being. I know if I got sucked into that black hole that I'm up, I'm gone and I can't do that. So I don't do it. Like, I just don't, I just say no people. You want to go golf? I say no, because I know as soon as I start, it's done. It's over. I can't do it. It's well, funny because because golf is one of the things to me that's personally speaking, that's the only thing that I've been okay to be like bad at. Like obviously, like my bad is hmm. compared to like some of those players. Yeah, not sure, as, bad. Obviously different. But <laughs> but it's the one game to me that like no matter like you there's just that itch. You just like you hit that one good shot and you just want to come back and try and yes. recreate that feeling. There's no other really kind of it's insane. It's just such a great well, feeling. I think that's another like part of this that's impressive like kind of joe said you know he doesn't do it because if he started golfing like you know he just it'd be so much that it might impact the stream like it's the fact that you did all of these things like simultaneously and just had the ability to schedule and juggle it all and deal with all at the same time is impressive in its own right like well i don't i mean i i have very little upkeep in a lot of the things like bowling for example i could probably not throw a bowling ball for a year and still come back and be pretty like it's almost like ingrained into my it's, yeah, it's yeah. engraved into my brain. I've done it my whole life growing up. Um, there's no upkeep there. And for golf, I do have like a little simulator in my house, a little net and a, and a practice facility, if I really want to call that. So I just <laughs> like at night, if I want to get a little practice, and I hit like 30, 40 balls, I don't have to leave the house. It just takes 20, 30 minutes. So it really doesn't take that much of my time, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I want to know, because those two things are very tough. How like, because I feel like a lot of people when they golf or bowling, they don't really realize what they're doing wrong, right? Mm -hmm. So people go and get lessons. Like I, for me, like I, I wouldn't. I'd probably go get a couple of lessons before I started golfing. Golfing just it feels like you can study. I don't know if you study yourself, but it feels like you just have a knack to figure out what's wrong and what's right. I mean, I don't want to like. I mean, I yes, to a certain extent, but I did take lessons in golf. To be fair, okay. I took lessons for like two years when I first like got serious about it. When I moved to the Bay okay. while I was working a sledgehammer. Um, I had more time and I just was like, yeah, I want to get good at this. So I had someone kind of give me the basics and like, yeah, I, I'm still like watching my swing. I take videos. I still watch kind of what the pros do. Golf's kind of like a weird game where it's yes, you can recreate things that the professionals do, but at the same time, you have everyone to match has up their to own all. stick. Yeah, everyone has your own little, yeah, you yeah. have your own little like gimmick to, to your swing. And if you try mm -hmm. and change that, it'll make things very difficult. It's more of a sport of like everything needs to match up. Like everything needs to make sense within, within what you're doing. So if your arms go certain directions, like, if Tiger Woods does something, it doesn't mean it's going to work for you, um, which is something yeah, to me that's, that's just... probably true for a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for me, it was just you. drinking a bit back in college. Yeah. I had a couple of drinks to me. I was loose, dude. I I I'd shoot at best. I got to was like low nineties, but like now I play. I'm just like, yeah, I'm like one twenty. I have one plus. I'm just horrible. I have to put the time in. But no, it's it's the hardest thing. It's so hard. It's it's so hard. But that's like that's like the beauty of it. the The other element to this, like, I know when I just go bowling or play golf, like randomly, it's not frequent, but like my hands are just toast, bro. Like my fingers are sore. My hands are sore. Like, how did you play like that? 
hand torture sports and then also play call call of duty because all like i i have to start like i use like a hemp cream on my hands after grinding cod like i'll stretch my hands yeah. and use like a massage thing like my hands get torches playing cod sometimes like i don't understand how you i've always it it's kind of well for bowling i always protect my hands like there's like tapes and like certain things you can do to protect like the friction that the bowling like the bowling holes cause your hand okay. for golf you, i don't you use tape the holes I mean, that's that's on you. I mean, you, you just don't like holes, Joey. I don't tell you. Um, and then, <laughs> well, I have a son, so <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I like yeah, for golf, you can take your fingers. Job. Like, there's ways around to like protect yourself from that stuff. For gaming, like, I never clawed. Like, Joe, did you claw? I can't remember if mm -hmm. you clawed. Yeah. So like, I never clawed or anything like that. So like, I was the super like generic holding the controller way. So my fingers never really got a beating from it. Um, so I just, I guess, I just kind of got away with a lot of that. You old probably. school cod was a lot more just l triggering too like there wasn't a lot yeah. of like these crazy mm -hmm. mechanics that there are now so that definitely helped that, de well, I, that sure. definitely helped i can't even imagine like like I, I know there's a decent amount of players that still claw but like for the most part i mean the paddles make a big difference on that end right you don't have to yeah. claw anymore because yeah. of the fact you have those controllers that allow you to do it basically inherently some people um, still don't even use those in claw or claw yeah. on top of it i just yeah right. thank god for the controllers otherwise i'd be Absolutely we didn't have that back in the day i mean we didn't have i think we didn't have scuffs so like we actually wanted to veto it yeah literally, we, we, know we were against it yeah we, we, we were like what is this? this this literally takes away from the skill of a player like well because we were our lineup too is like well, us <laughs> too and then i we had scuff and bt so me yeah. scuff and bt all clawed so we're yeah, like no. Yeah, no we all were like no you guys no you can't have paddles like Learn to claw, dude. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, we just thought it was an extra, an extra skill gap. Like, dude, was, that was like a, that was, was a big discussion. It was a big discussion. Yeah. We were the last teams to finally be like, sure. Oh yeah, whatever. Go ahead. It's not going to help you. Yeah, it well, did. I'm glad you ended up going through with it because, like, it. I mean, I had a buddy that played Halo with early on, Haas, dude. He like got. Uh, I was tendonitis or what it was, but it was from clawing. He started to get to like severe pain and numbness. I like went to the doctor and they're like asking him what he does. And he showed him how he held his controller. He's like, you need to stop that immediately. <laughs> like, what? stop that. Yeah. yeah. What was was you doing? All you do is lay the index when you're on the buttons. You're not I, even doing anything. I don't know. Apparently, it was directly tied to like the pain he was getting and stuff. And I was this like, guy okay, a T Rex, huh? dude? Like, I, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I made that up. No, Too no. Much. People always say that though. They're like, "You claw, like, oh, dude, it kills my hand." I'm like, "What are you doing? Like, well, I don't, I don't know what you're doing that it hurts. Like, it's not like you're you're clawing your entire hand. Like, I mean, everyone's built differently. Some people have <laughs> fingers a bit different ways. I guess probably just yeah, yes. capabilities. That's the way it is. Yeah. So what's right. like the uh, what's like the furthest you've you've pushed it? Because I don't think I mean I think people know that you've uh, bowl or golf or you know different stuff, but like you obviously it wasn't just like an individual thing. You got into the competitive side of it a bit. Yeah. Like it's kind of the first. So, so bowling, bowling was like my thing growing up. I play hockey. Golf was more of like a kind of family thing, like once or twice a year. Um, but bowling was kind of like, I foreseen as like potentially being a profession when I was growing up. Um, I was good sure. enough for it. I was, I was on the youth national team in Canada for a couple of years. I made the adult team once. Um, I end up my, the first I've been a professional event. I bowled a few like individual professional events, like five, I think. And I made it to the round of eight in one of the, the, the professional tournaments. It was in 2017 arena. It was called the World Series of Bowling. It was like 192 bowlers. You bowled 10 games on a day. And then the top 16 cut down to like match play. So I ended up making a cut on one of the events, then won the first round. And then at the bowl, the best bowl in the world to make it to the TV show. 
and then mm-hmm. he whooped my ass. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I made it pretty close Sweet. to making national TV. Still kind of one of my like kind of back back like uh, behind the scenes dreams is to hopefully bowl on TV to bowl for national talent. Super cool. Um, I've won a few regional events, which are kind of like like the the triple A's of bowling. Like it's basically yeah. it's, there's still a lot of pros, full time pros that bowl in it, but for the most part, it's more like the guys who are kind of weak in bowlers like myself who want who are probably good enough to bowl on tour but just don't do it full time. Um, they're just weekend events they have locally. I want two of those, and then um, the, yeah. What's the one guy that whenever anyone that doesn't bowl or think about bowling knows? What was Jason Delmoni? Like that? I oh no, Pete Weber. Pete Weber. Yeah, Pete Weber. Pete Weber. <laughs> who do you think you are? I am. Yeah. 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 Who you are? I am. <laughs> Yeah, I still like all, to this day don't really know what he was talking about. I don't about. even know what he means. I don't think I don't anybody knew what he's talking about. I really, I'm curious if there's, there's got to be a backstory, but there's got to be. Know. Well, there's a documentary on him. I've wanted to watch. I'm pretty sure there was like a documentary, but that's like, that guy's that's an like, intense guy, dude. That guy's intense. He was, he was like the aches of the PBA, basically. Like he was, yeah, he was really good. He's kind of like polarizing. Like you either really liked him or you didn't. There's very mm. few kind of in the middle. Um, but yeah, he was, he's a legend. I think I saw that from uh, like the documentary. He was sort of like, "You may fucking hate me, but you're watching." I mean, I, I I wasn't really, but like I bet there were many that were because it's uh, yeah. it's always great to have personalities like that. Uh, but why don't we start uh, talking a little bit about kind of Call of Duty and Joe? Just kind of bring me through how important Ray was to I think a lot of players early on. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know how you learned. Uh, the right correct way i don't even know it, you know to some it's the correct way but what i mean me scum jcap big t i mean the list you know study nameless i'm sure there's more that have uh, we've had people on the podcast that say uh accuracy we just had that said he watched your gameplay like i don't know how did you just v- like just view the game differently than others right all the way back to like cod 4 right. or mw2 you guys uh, you obviously figured something out in your mind that one way was yeah, right the best wrong, way, kind of. So, so when didn't realize, so we gotta like we gotta take the we gotta take it the the yeah let's the go transport back, back to <laughs> your moho days, <laughs> the the PCL days of uh, online Call of Duty. As much as we still play a lot of online matches, um, but yeah, no, it was uh kind of kind of how I was describing. I kind of like take it to like the bowling mentality or just anything you do in life. Like to me, like one of the consistency is everything in anything I do. Sorry, my dog tail's kind. Oh, you're no, good. You're good. You're good. I've had a copper leap on me in but, the middle of the show. But consistency <laughs> is everything, and, and the best way to be consistent is to have room for error. Um, so to me, like like a lot of the mentalities and early on when I first started playing Call of Duty at a competitive level was like, we just need to kill the other team more than they kill us. And that's kind of was the basic mentalities around how to win, was let's just outslay, and then the objective work is secondary. Um, and then when I came in, like I, I saw a lot of those in kind of motions and had discussions with people, and I was like, it just didn't really make sense to me because I've, I've always been the objective is to do the objective to win. Like back in the day, we were playing domination. The goal is to get on the point. I don't like, why would you have to kill me four times to get on the point where I can just get on it once and do it in a certain way that's going to help me just do that quicker? Um, so the mentalities and how we went, like with my teammates, about kind of growing uh, around the game and just making things to where we had room for error, to where it wasn't just relying on getting kills. It was like, if, if we die, we can still make this happen because we're in the proper positions. Um, and it's like any sport, like hockey and all the, I feel like a lot of these top end sports, like even in NFL, like, uh, they've kind of evolved 30 years a lot. It, it became a lot more like, obviously there's still skill involved. You still need to be able to shoot your gun straight in cod. Like there's no denying that. Um, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of mentalities around these sports that kind of have 
taking like positioning. Like I'll use hockey as an example. Like I, I, let's think about like 15, 20 years ago, there was like brutes on the team. There's like big guys that were like there to fight. Uh, you had kind of like enforcers. these kind of roles. Yeah, enforcers. You had like the star skilled players who kind of like almost try to take the puck up the ice and do their thing. Um, and now you look at the leagues and it's basically every player is basically a player has to be capable of playing fast, passing a puck, like doing the back and forth offense and defense. Because, checking. Yeah, exactly. You have to be, you have to basically play positionally correct to not give yourself, uh, give yourself the best optimistical chance to play at a high level. And you can find that. I guarantee you find that in any sport you want mm-hmm. through like the last 20, just 30 analytics years. in general, yeah. right? The numbers yeah, that, are, that are coming out all over the sport, all so, over so, sports. So the whole like kind of like we'll just bring one that's just simple like rotations for example like the, everyone talks about like overextending in cod like that's something that people didn't really grasp back then they're like what's the best way to get to a kill fast but you weren't really protecting your map or the, the positions on the map map control in general you're given enough to do that thing and i would if you didn't get a kill while you overextend then you would cost your team position and most likely an objective point of some sort um so early on we kind of figured out that like yeah that's not something you should do you should be rotating back and playing safe for your team and then taking the advantage you have based on your map positioning to get whatever you want to do. So it just, it was kind of foreign to a lot of people to start and it was almost like polarizing, which was like, look on my back and now it's kind of weird because you're like, why, why would these people think this was the right thing to do? Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was just, it came very much from just my understanding of how to do other sports and other things and other competitions. It was just kind of like finding ways to mold that into the COD world and, and video games. Because it's really not that different. Like, I mean, COD at a high level is chess. Like, yes, you have to shoot your gun. You have to be... There's obviously a lot of opportunity to outskill your opponents. And a player who will get, like, 10 kills in a row doesn't really matter if they do the right or wrong thing. If they get 10 kills in a row, they're going to do something right. But you don't really want to rely on someone getting 10 kills in a row. You want to... If they do, great. But if they don't, then you want to be have that kind of backbone, that, that positional play that'll help you kind of uh, not be in a bad position if you don't get those kills. Um, and even potentially win a game while you're getting outslayed, which is something that some teams are doing now, which is, to me, that's why, like, one of the reasons Optic, I mean, we look at Optic, we know the skill on that team's insane, but with the way they're playing the game right now is just incredibly correct, and they're just making, giving themselves all the opportunities to win games in many different ways. They don't have, like, just one win conditions. They have, like, three or four, um, which is just really hard to beat. I think it's a bad time maybe now because Thieves are 0-3, but, like, when we had Draza on, like, kind of basically what he was saying, like, we want to play in a way that doesn't matter if we're like hot or like mm-hmm. we're frying. I mean, it, it, sometimes you're going to run into a team and they're just so hot. You're screwed. doesn't matter. It's just going to happen. But like, right. we want to give ourselves a chance to win regardless of how we're playing. And it seems like that's kind of who's their coach? Too early. <laughs> who's their coach? Yeah. He's talking about building the system. Yeah, that's right. Makes sense. But yeah, I think, I think it's like, in like you said, in, in all sports, like, you can't, I don't know, like the Warriors, for example, like, you know, they, they, they might hit 60% from three one day and you're just, you're just screwed. But like finding ways to beat it despite what your opposition is doing and how your team is shooting on the night, like still find ways to win. Like, I mean, yeah, you apply to like everything. But yeah, I think you were probably one of the first, if, if not the first, like when it came to Call of Duty to really start to, start to see it that way. Yeah, it just, I mean, to me, it just takes a lot of pressure off the players. If if you have the idea that like, oh, well, I didn't get this kill. It's not the end of the world because look at my teammates are in best positions possible to recuperate the kill I didn't get. Yeah, um, It's just, uh, it's a lot easier to play the game that way than it is to just completely rely on getting kills left and right. Makes sense. Did you, did you say, Joe, like, I, I think you joked about it one episode, but I think when maybe it was Ray or 
they were sort of saying like, that's not the right thing to do. And at first you were like, what, I, what do you mean the right way to play? Like it, it, it took a while like to register with you, right? Oh yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Ray, like the ISI team and MW2 that we played on, like that was like the first time I, I would like, it was like dropped by Ray. And like, Sorry, I was buddy. like, no, no, no. That was a great learning moment for me. Cause I honestly, like the way you guys thought about it, the game, I was so young. I was so new. I was like, I don't know what the fuck this guy wants me to do. Like, I really have no idea. Like I don't like, it, it was just a tough thing to learn. And, and that was boring. one of the things I think, well, Ray, I mean, this is something that you've kind of dealt with your entire career where you've kind of had those sort of battles with teammates mm-hmm. And, and, you know, even I'm sure coaching, like oh, we'll yeah. dive into that later, but <laughs> that's always been something to, to try to get Call of Duty players to stop thinking so, I guess, simply or just one way type thing. Yeah, yeah one yeah. dimensional. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's it's not easy to change your ways in anything in life. I mean, if I, you have a routine, you have a mentality, how you want to do certain thing, and you've, you got to the professional scene, especially like right now, like these guys earned their spots in the league. Like, obviously they know what they're doing. They they've they've gone they've proven their worth um but it doesn't mean you stop learning it doesn't mean there's like a, a, a certain extra level you can reach um to really kind of grow yourself into the ex- like extreme talent that you can become um everyone like everyone shouldn't stop at the ceiling they think they have there's always a chance to get better every day and no matter what you do um and the people that are able to learn and willing to learn to get to those next level and open up their teammates and coaching staffs to me like you'll see success and that's just kind of what it is well it's yeah. got to be tough too because like you know you're especially early on, like you're dealing with kids and it's like, it's oh, probably yeah. hard where, where it's someone that, you know, might be dropping a 1.2 and you guys might be winning, but it's like, right. I, I, if you're probably like, I don't care. Like we can still get better. And you still did something dumb as fuck right here, but yes, <laughs> nice, nice play. I guess you three piece them, but it was dumb as shit. Like this is what you should have done. But like, that's probably a really difficult thing to like <laughs> with the, with the age and like the attitudes of like cop players coming up. Yeah. I can imagine it was, I mean, it's yeah. still a, a battle. Yeah. Joe, do you remember my my national team, my first ever event win? Your cop four. Hey, we got a picture yeah. of that. We were going to touch on that, but yeah, go. I mean, if you got a story who's for on, us, there it is. Who's Look. on my team? Name name I, the people on my team. Name the people on that picture. Sharp Dodgers and Paul, Big Paul, Magna. And who's in the middle? Three sixty icons. Who's in the middle? Uh, this that's one. William Johnson. Big okay, how how old were the people in this picture besides besides Paul? Um, what I I would say you're twenty one. Uh, nineteen. 19 so you're 19 will's 18 17 i think 17 and the other two are 16 15 sharp yeah guess dodgers who in my opinion was probably the best player in that game at that time guess how old dodgers was 14 13 years old 13 <laughs> 13 years old that, that is, is insane. insane when you think about it bro <laughs> well let's let's talk about this um he's gonna yell at by his mom then ray like <laughs> uh cod four i guess what what got you into sort of cod because you guys didn't play 2008 right that was the first year yeah we played that so so me and will the this little backbone backbone story ahead, me and yeah will, hit it so me and will played ps2 game battles matches this is like 2006 against each other we never really Ish. teamed but like we played against each other and we we played against each other on Battlefield. It wasn't give, Battlefield had its own like rank play, like team like rank SOCOM? system. Uh, no, nah, we never played SOCOM. Okay. At least not against each other. I played SOCOM like on on the side for fun, but like Black Hawk Down was the game we competed on. It was derived That's off the, the movie. One. But Delta Force Black Hawk Down actually, for those who know this, was basically Call of Duty before Call of Duty. Like the game mechanics, jump shooting, drop shotting, 
like grenade thrown really? tactical usage was basically like I mean it it could have been more COD than COD was, and that kind of set me and probably Will up for success when COD came out because it just felt so natural. It was just really like we've played this before. It's just a cleaner looking version of this game we played. Um, but yeah, we ran into each other playing a game battles match against each other on COD Four, and we're like, wait a second, you're that guy I played with like against with like three years ago right he's like yeah dude you're that guy too and we like <laughs> and we just hit it off and just started playing game house matches together we played with a one of our i got a shout out corporate mike who was a rainbow six pro and jehu jcash as well who were rainbow six pros at the time and we kind of made it through the game battle scene that, that was basically like the top of the echelon for competing competitive cod back in the day for all you kids out there who were seeing these kids make a lot of money now we just played for for cod xp and prime back in the day so that was those are those are the real passion hours yeah they didn't have rank playlists either dude you know nope hell no that wasn't even thought <laughs> we had the game battles playlist Bro, but, it's uh, funny real quick just hearing you say how like that you had this game that was so similar and like the moving over to cod was so easy because like just coming from like halo to cod it felt insane but like no, sure. <laughs> a little yeah. tangible like, it was so different but that's interesting what game was it again Delta Force Blackhawk Down. It was it was basically a game to drive off the movie. I mean, you you've seen the movie Blackhawk Down, yeah? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, so it was Josh, a game Josh basically. Derived, yeah, it was it was a game to drive off that movie. I'm pretty so interesting. But yeah, it was was a freaking awesome game. Um, but yeah, we made it through together. Started competing, playing game battles. Uh, we didn't we didn't really play that many tournaments in 08, But me and Will sat down and watched Fear win the 2008 national championship, mm. and we were like, we want to do this, like. Because Will was playing way more Halo than COD at the time. He was addicted to Halo 3, like, real bad. We all were at some point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I'm sure, like, I don't know if we teamed during that time, Joe, but it was during Modern 2. Like, Will was probably, I still to this day think that Will probably played more Halo 3 rank play than Modern 2 during the whole Modern 2 season. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Probably. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. No, I think I remember playing a lot of Halo with Will. So Yeah, no, that was, that was a lot of fun. But, uh, but, yeah, we just saw that and we were like, like obviously we all saw the the Walshies and and the strong sides and the T squared play on national television on the Halo two days. That was obviously a big moment for all us aspiring We're on players. Doctor Pepper cans, dude. It's actually uh, it's crazy so think some of this stuff so back so then, bro. Like it, they, they did some wild stuff early on. Honestly, like, yeah. trying to promote the players. I saw that actually because I used my dad used to take me to Rochester, New York for bowling tournaments every other weekend, and I remember waking up to watching it on TV, and I was like, "This is sick!" Like, how is this even <laughs> thing? Like, I was playing video games at the time, but not like anything serious, and I was like, "No, this is like this is dope." These guys are like these guys are rock stars playing video games. Like, um, but yeah, when we saw the 2008 national champion, we won. We were like, "Yeah, we got to do this." So now, as soon as the next season started with those online qualifiers, uh, we got into it, and Will almost screwed up. And this is a more of a Will story. I'm sure you'll you'll guys have, have him on day, but. Will chose a baseball game, a high school baseball game over one of our first winner's bracket PCL matches. And wow. yeah, I mean, he had to forfeit uh, because he wasn't there. We literally, you can, you could play with subs in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. And then we made a loser's run, but like, yeah, that would like, imagine if that would have just like, Will would have never played COD again after that. Like all of our, I mean, all of our lives here, maybe Clint's life would be a little different, but yeah, dude, just I know me and Joe's life would be a lot different. Butterfly right effect, bro. <laughs> Yeah, because you had it. What was the, it? Was like three PCLs a year or something. Basically, yep. you grinded a ladder. It, it turned into like the top sixteen of playoffs. Mm-hmm. Each qualifier, like each um, the playoff, you earn points. So very yep. similar. And then after the three, you qualified for for national, national championship. There's only eight teams. Uh, top the eight, same yeah. with MW two as well. So yeah. 
Pop eight, only uh, six yeah. showed up for COD four. A basketball game for a, a video game tournament. My dad would have drop kicked me, like actually drop kicked me. So like I think I might understand where Will's coming from. I have a yeah, very I'm similar sorry. story. So yeah, uh, no, yeah, yeah. And Joe has a soccer story, which is actually I was I was going to get to that at some point for sure. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we, I mean, we can talk about it now. Yeah, I mean, MW2 <laughs> Online Nationals. I want to see and, how far Joe goes with this one. Let's go. Yeah, MW2 Online Nationals. Um, okay. What happened? Uh, it was also my soccer, like, like regional tournament. So I couldn't. Yeah. I was in my senior year. I just couldn't miss it. We beat you guys, what, right? Round one? You, you or, beat us in the winner's bracket. So we, we ended up playing. It was round you. one. I think it was winner's round one or yeah, something. Yeah, so then we made it through the losers and played you guys, like, in the loser's semi. I think it was loser's final. Loser's final, yeah. Because yeah, we got the top sure. three. They right. lost to Envy, who were doing their like quad house stack BS. Yeah, but yeah, that was. Anyways, crazy. back then, um, yeah, I had to leave. Um, and then my guy, um, a big scumper jumper, big scumper uh, jumper, played on my account. Got, account got recovery smoked. cheated. They cheated, chat. They cheated. Absolutely, you hear it here first. Yeah. Honestly, oh my uh, god, that's better. It's fine. We lost. We lost. <laughs> we got third though, so it was you guys, fine. You know, we could we could have won that tournament, but. Right. It was back in the days where it was a continuation too. So I think you guys were like three one or three zero or something like that. And we ended three up one or three up. I, I yeah. wasn't there, so no, yeah, yeah. I, no. it, but and Seth was playing. Seth wasn't playing, so like that was the weird part. Like Seth was done for the year, um, yeah. and, and that was just right. So when yeah. they got someone to account recovery, oh well, what can you do? So we've all been there. <laughs> yeah, I haven't because I'm not a cheating bitch, but that's okay. <laughs> Listen, it wasn't my decision, all right? I would have forfeited. All right, I got third. I was good with the money, all right? And then, and then we met Joe at uh, – I met Joe for the first time. It was an, it was actually in Dallas. Yeah, it was the, the yeah, MW2 National Summit that year. Yeah. Oh, I fell in love with you right away, kid. Yeah. You, you, yeah True you, had, you had that smile on your face. I mean, we hung out a good amount at that event. Like, you obviously were on different teams, but I remember us kind of hanging out with Will decent. Yeah, we were um, just chilling. And then yeah, that got chill. us to Black Ops 1. That got yes, us to, uh, to Optic. That got us to Optic. So Black Ops 1, you guys win card 4 um mw2 you have your isi team uh you guys went like undefeated pcl2 right like yeah, you drop we were, a map we were on three then um, and then Sid Rock and, then Sidrock and jcap were like yeah we're not playing the game the right way anymore so <laughs> yeah you guys end up collapsing that was at, not good. At, i think you guys get top three but you don't win which is like a yeah. huge surprise uh and, and then black ops one uh black ops one is you join optics me you uh will uh and then we get cap that's like the first land team but mm -hmm. this is a funny story. The first LAN, okay? Here's another one for you, man. We're going back in the day. I, I'm right? loving that. I'm loving Lots, this. lots of nostalgic stories. This okay, is like before I got into We have all the yeah, stories. So, stuff I haven't heard. So there's like some big online tournaments. I think it's us and Leverage are trading back and forth. Um, this was Columbus' the second event. We ended up winning that one. It was through like a crazy losing bracket run. Too. Yeah, we got to talk about but that. But the, the first LAN event. event when was you, Rainbow the first event? I got a phone call in the middle of chemistry class or physics. That like you were like dying. I don't. I don't remember. I was you had like ulcers spot. or something. I had a bad spot, bro. I had. I had like a really bad digestive tract. Like like, I mean, it was basically like a back. Like it was. Let's call it an infection that mm -hmm. kind of. I mean, it lasted basically almost like a year, year and a half, and it, that was probably like, the worst time there. Like I had to miss basically. I was bowling for U Team Canada time. I had to miss an international international bowling tournament. I had to miss that first event as well, which was like a couple weeks later, um, and that was that sucked. So Nate shot subbed in for you guys yeah i got a phone call from like uh maybe hector i don't even remember at the time but i'm in physics and it's like yeah uh ray can't go like nate's got to play and we're like what the fuck? like <laughs> well i think we still end up getting third you got third yeah you got third i mean we were like one of the favorites with leverage like the entire yeah. year so yeah that, that was, was uh that was crazy
Yeah, and then time. second event, Rambo Ray comes back. You know, everything's yeah, back. Yeah, we win. Crazy yeah. losers bracket run. We had one yeah. of those pool play tiebreaker things made where we got screwed. So hard. We got so, screwed. There's five teams in the pool, and three of us were three and one, and we ended up getting third because of the map count thing. That mm-hmm. was actually the first time I ever met Apathy because the team we lost, the, the AM team that we lost to, that came from the, because that's back in the day where you had the amateur bracket, they would qualify into the pro bracket. And Apathy, I think Apathy too quick. I can't remember the other two. But that was that was remember. crazy. Well, it's probably also back then they, if I remember correctly, it was a while till they changed it. Where in that round robin, like the matches of the teams not in the tiebreaker don't count. Back then, they probably counted. Oh, I think it didn't count. It didn't. Oh, that's, okay. how yeah. I mean, that's how we lost. That's how we how uh, we got. So I we thought that up, changed like way later on. Honestly, we, we ended up playing Envy for like top sixteen that same night on like a Saturday night. It was like one a.m. Like when we started, we we like went to bed at like two thirty, three o'clock, and we had to be up at like eight the next morning. This is back Perfect. in the day where we're all sharing one bedroom. Joe's yep, brother was one bedroom. Brother Sal was there with us yeah. too. I was sharing a yeah. bed. Well, I think I think Cap and uh, Joe were sharing a bed. You know, it's getting cozy. Uh, wake up the next morning and just play COD from like nine to like six. Like yeah. you play like seven, six or seven matches and just roll through people. It was crazy. It was a good time. You guys had one team in a row. I remember the early Halo tournaments. There'd be literally sixteen people in a room just sleeping on the floor. Like it was just, <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was insanity early on. Just no yeah. one had any money and we're playing for no money. <laughs> we should just trying to get by. We should get some of these teams to share beds right now. See what they say. <laughs> so, yeah. Good luck. Yeah, uh, right. So Black Ops One, it's kind of like an up and down year. Um, I, I think you finished with. Uh, I think you finished with. Is it was it extravagant? You made yeah, like yeah, it extravagant. Extravagant. yeah, it was me, Bobble, Karma, and and Bob, Bobby. Yeah, Bobby. Yeah. So that yeah. happens. Yeah. Uh, and then somehow, hey, yo, shout out IW. We go from Black Ops One to MW Three. Uh, no land support. We get kicked off the MLG circuit because they can't run tournaments. Um. I don't remember at the time, but I imagine for you, it was probably different because you were a bit older. Yeah. But like, I, I don't, I, I don't even remember what we were thinking. Like, did we think we were screwed? Like, I, I mean, nobody was really happy about it. Um, it was, it was kind of a situation where we, we, I remember us learning kind of a little later too, because they were, from what I remember, I think I was told by some of the MLG people, they were still trying to make it work. Because obviously, mm. like COD Four Nats was played like online on LAN kind of thing. Um, so it was MW two, yeah, yeah. So it could have like, but they, I think it was just too demanding for like having like an actual open bracket, like, and that's kind of the tournament model they were running at the time. Um, I wasn't as worried as like, I mean, yeah, it was obviously wasn't great because it's like I was devoted to this. I was kind of like, this thing's growing, like we're heading in the right direction to where we'll probably be like the Halo guys here in a couple of years from now. Um, just having those brand deals and all that stuff, like basically having a chance to make true income. Um, but I was living with my dad at the time and my, like my expenses were pretty low and he was pretty cool with what I'm doing as long as like I was able to pay my expenses. Um, and my parents were very supportive. So I, I was okay with like, obviously it wasn't okay. It was wanted for us to get big, but it wasn't as like worrisome as like probably should have been. Um, yeah. but then we started getting these like European tournaments and, that was a good year for us uh, from a competitive standpoint. Yeah, so so Maeve, that year we were on Optic. Um, there's no lands in NA. There's like a couple small ones. I remember that. Um, Europe though is going hard. Like they're just doing their thing, and we're like, all right, we got to go over there. Like we all want to compete. So uh, Apex hits us up. Um, there's Apex NA. Um, they hit us up. They're like this German-funded dudes who just had money, and we're like, mm-hmm. hey, we'll give you like five hundred bucks a month. And we'll fly you out to these tournaments. And we're like, you mean what salary? 
We get yeah, a salary? So it kind of <laughs> sucks because we had to tell Hector, like, hey, you know, this came up. And he was like, I, I get it. Like, But, but he, I, actually, he was he was like, I'm going to get you guys back. But he knew he had to, like, raise money somehow because Hector yeah. was grinding away, too. Yeah, we told we actually like we were very respectful about it. Like we we actually told Hector like what was happening. We we're like, like, is there any chance you can do this for us? Because like, we don't want to mm -hmm. just leave you like we were like, obviously really in love with the brand and Hector in general. So it was like, why would we want to leave without giving him a chance to like at least equal or match what they're giving us? And obviously yeah. that wasn't possible at the time. So yeah, we went to EGL five and dropped one map, I think maybe one. I think it was the one. I think it was like a. I remember actually. I remember way too much. Yeah, shit, we were but. we were the conquerors. EGL yeah. five and seven, we uh we won, and then eight we lost. But I mean, I mean, for that was the first time like EU and NA scene kind of came together. Yeah. I mean, it happened a couple of times in Black Ops one. Um, Pudo scenes traveled over. Didn't do very well, but yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know about you, but jet lag for the first time, Clint. Yeah, oh my god, dude. So <laughs> and they had like this old school bracket. Like it wasn't like official MLG. It was like you went up to a table and they were like, you may be playing from a time of 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Like, we don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you can't leave the venue to like go nap. So we're playing any games that we can. They had like these little old school games like Sega and this and that. Micro, Micro machines. machines. That shit was great. And, and then we're just passing out on the ballroom floor. By the way, we're in Blackpool, which it's not great, babe. It's not <laughs> great at sound, all. It doesn't sound great. It's not. It's not a great place. <laughs> at the Norbrick Castle, which people yeah. got bed bug bites, dude. Like it's not. It's not. It's probably the worst review place of all time it in terms of a hotel. Um, but it was old school as could be, man. And that's that. Those were our tournaments that year. Uh, that those were our tournaments. So it was, was fun. fun but then. Wait, wait. Go ahead. This just makes me laugh thinking about like the whole. Listen, it's like a meme at this point. The whole like, oh, CDL ruined Warzone. Joe was getting mugged on the streets of Blackpool. <laughs> I wasn't getting so, mugged, but so that so that Warzone could skip one thousand steps and just, <laughs> and just start playing for millions and like have learned so many things. I'm just thinking about like what you guys went through in the early years, and I, I know you weren't mugged, but like. It, it, like the first jet lag too like my first first one over there yeah i like i couldn't even function i literally could not function so i can't imagine trying to play at that like that level yeah so i uh, i mean luckily in in what was weird back then is like you don't know like people's play styles like you have no idea so it was just like this quite you like you would just hear whispers like yeah this infused team's really good and we're like all right we gotta lock the fuck in and then we smoke them by 10 in ctf we're like if these guys are really good, everybody <laughs> is fucked. Like, I, mean, I, did, I actually did some scouting before that event because Tommy, you remember Tommy, like EU Tommy? Mm -hmm. yeah. He was talking so much shit, like going out mm -hmm. event. Like, they were like, yo, you guys are going to get smoked by us. Like, your play style, like, and they were like the most aggressive people. Like, they had, they were like back to like the COD 4 Stone Ages in terms of like mentalities, was just like super, just aggro, 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 run at you. Like, in search, like most of our base strategy was like, everyone goes to one lane, just get a kill. Like, wait. Just wait, just wait, just sit, be patient. They're gonna come they to you. They like gonna kill hero them. cod. They it was insane. Cod. Oh yeah, it was just absolute ego. And then I mean, we just were like, okay, <laughs> just go ahead. Yeah, and lost one map. Uh, yeah, yeah. you do that. You did that multiple times in your career, Joe, over in Europe. Here, incredible. I love Europe. I love the UK. Um, <laughs> so MW3s goes pretty good for us until uh, COD XP gets announced. 
Mm. Um, first million dollar tournaments. I don't remember what it was for you, but it, it was something with, I don't know if it was in Canada, the gambling laws or what, mm. but I don't know if you want to touch on that. You were not able to attend the first million dollar tournament. Yeah. So there was a uh, Quebec, Sheesh. which is a province. I mean, you guys have some States in the States that are like that as well. Um, they have like, I guess the lottery has like ownership of some element of like competition. And because COD XP wasn't considered a competition, it was considered kind of like more of a contest the way you qualified for it. Um, I guess it like ranked in some place where within the laws of my province that I lived in, uh, people, people from Quebec would like the actual, the lottery, whatever government thing would have to like take a certain amount of the price pool to allow people that reside in that province to be able to compete in the tournament. And it was something crazy, like 10% of the price pool, which I'm sure COD was like, yeah, we're not doing that. Mm -hmm. um, so I wasn't able to compete in the COD XP. I helped you guys qualify. And then I was told, uh, yeah, sorry, bud, you can't play, which uh, didn't take it very well. Wasn't yeah, we good. didn't we didn't run into up. that issue with like um, lands because they would avoid those states. So I think most of that stuff's changed at this point. But I know it was like a big thing with like competing online. Like you couldn't yeah. compete in game battles and stuff from certain states because mm -hmm. it, they just were like it was a gambling law, which is insane to me because it's it just took a while for it to be viewed, viewed as a competition and not like gambling, even though it's like not gambling whatsoever. It took like a while here, but that I didn't realize you got screwed out on like the first million dollar tournament Literally. because that, that's, that's, I had to watch that's my boys wild. win too on top of that, which was a hundred K at the time was a lot of money. I'm telling you yeah, that. So. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, that's when we thought, we're like, all right, we're still good. Cause we had this like year of like, dude, what in the world is, what are we doing type thing? Like playing for pennies in the Norbrick castle. Um, <laughs> And we got dude, dude, Clint. Please Google Norbrick Castle, please. I'd love to. Please Google it. You you played in it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, a, it's, it's, a it's a hotel. It's a hotel. Bro. Oh, I, got a banquet oh, I, th hall, I thought basically. you were playing actual castle. Like that sounds lit, no, bro. No, 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 okay, no. so it says two point eight stars. Most of those five star reviews are gamers leaving like joke reviews, like "Hey, we're we love this place for lands." Like yada yada. It's listen, Maeve. This place is awful. Not it's not great. Okay. Oh, the picture not, looks so good though. Like on the outside, yeah, I, it looks awesome. I bet. Anyways, um 5.8 out of 10. Eesh. Yeah, no, MW3's done. Uh we're going to Black Ops 2. Oh, what um, is going on here? My oh my god. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> we're getting a Black Ops 2, praise Vonderhaar. Um, and then uh Nate Shot takes your spot on on optic. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's get into this. From my point of view, okay, this, this is what I remember. Uh -huh. We were all worried there's gonna be another. Okay, I was at least worried there's gonna be another uh -huh. million dollar tournament, and you weren't gonna be a play, be able to play in it. But so cheater, and I a know, rat. huh? So cheater and a rat, unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> but I do remember Red Bull being involved. Oh yeah, that is when you Red Bull better. Will. You better mention that sponsor nade and, and was ultimately like supposed you, to sponsor the whole team yeah when you look at it, like i mean dude like i like i kind of heard that's what i heard at the time and like when hector called me let me know i was like yeah like i mean business opportunity yeah. makes sense like i don't i'm not gonna sit here and like boast around it like you guys everyone if i was in that position and something happened similarly like yeah it's your livelihood bro like you got to make money and if if you have a chance to get rebel as a sponsor which obviously at the time was kind of like super we saw walshy getting red bull sponsors and we're all like oh my yeah, god that's so enable and then Nate yeah, got it and we're like it all right so we gotta sick. do this we yeah. gotta do this because that uh -huh. was like the pinnacle of i mean but i remember it that sucked for me it wasn't wasn't good for me it was well pissed. it ends up being all right, all right for you yeah. join you get to envy you get yeah. second place at champs which yeah. 
Honestly, it was probably it's still one of the greatest COD series of all time versus uh Impact. Impact I think yeah, it was a good you one. probably still have nightmares about it because I can't watch that last these, map. I've watched that yeah, last map once, and it's that one. There's lots to watch. of these little moments where it, I don't know. It's it just one that felt got like away. it was going their way. I've I've actually I've said this a few times, but I don't pretty sure I said this on stream at least once. But that's lead, like losing that match in the finals. That is probably the only ever time that I had tears come down my eyes after losing. I literally like basically cried, like not all out, but like that one hurt like deep down. That was a tough one to take because it's just yeah. Because yeah, that goes, it was three two. You guys won, and then it was a continuation series, so yeah. it was first to six back when they they did that. We uh, always all the way map. to a map eleven. Yeah, and maybe I'm just gonna say that like if you've never watched the map, maybe one day do it. But there's some of these moments, like these one v ones that they have a couple of rounds, mm. and it's just like so. Back then we had these this joke that there was like god boxes, and especially with burst weapons, there always felt like these inconsistencies. It's like a main AR, dude. There's like a couple of one v ones where the Freako guys are just eating bullets, like literally. You you just like how is that guy alive? And they end up winning in like a six four map around uh yeah. like last map or something. Mm-hmm. I yeah. watched I watched it um back when I was first like getting into COD from Halo, but like it's before I think I could have appreciated what was going on. It, I, I just didn't know anything back when I watched it. So now that'd actually probably be cool to watch now, just having a far better understanding of the players and Call of Duty as a whole. But I remember watching, I remember how crazy it was. I just also didn't know anything at the time. Yeah. You end up uh, moving to the Envy House. When do you end up moving to the Envy House? Is it like right away uh, or no? So I moved. I lived the uh, so I to play in that tournament. Obviously, play for champs. I had to move out to Quebec, so I moved to Ottawa, which was like two hours west of where I live in Montreal, um, just so I could be within the boundaries of another province, uh, which are basically states in Canada. For those who don't know, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the laws were there. Laws there were different, so I was able to compete. Um, I think I moved to the Envy House about I want to say it's like three or four months after champs. And then lived there for basically almost a year. Uh, but yeah, the Envy House was like, I mean, I've heard about teams moved, living, living in the same location. And I like, it was always kind of a dream of mine to like live with my teammates and just have that kind of ultimate experience. Like, I don't, I, it's obviously seen a little different now, but back in the day, that was like kind of like the pinnacle for players was like, like it, your teammates are basically your brothers. Like they're like, obviously you you don't want to be super like, your teammates are your friends, but at the same time, they're just still coworkers. But it was like really kind of something everyone looked up to. Was like, I want to be living with my teammates so I can practice, well, have the best practice possible. Yeah, let me let me touch on this too. This was at like the peak of uh, StarCraft and League in like Korea, right? Like esports mm-hmm. was growing like crazy, and those two were really under the microscope. And like gaming houses over there were that was it. Like that's it was all a norm. people talked like about. A norm. Like, that was where like you got the best practice. Even StarCraft players, you were like. It, you know, StarCraft was one of you one, but you lived in your organization's house and those were like your practice partners, right? Like, mm-hmm. so you had some of the best practice partners in the world. Uh, Halo had like the TLN, right? The LAN network. That was always like a huge deal. I don't think there was too many like team house. There was like the straight ripping Dr. Pepper house, but mm-hmm. it was like sort of the the start of it. And I think- like, I remember how big it was with StarCraft though. I, I yes. like, definitely remember how huge that was. Cause back then I was like, real big into starcraft well like, everyone was right if at the yeah, MLG, yeah. you were into sort of the games that were at the events because you just were curious about it um but yeah that's that i was like the i'll still remember when hawk, hawk called me like back like way after his career like when he, he started getting into coaching and stuff and like i was 
Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I used to like I, my fellow Canadian. Oh, just like yeah, I watched a lot of Korean stuff, but like you know, you always wanted to root for North America. And what was the big mm-hmm. was it like Anaheim where everything collided? But like yeah, like Hawk and Idra and like oh, dude, I oh, yeah. I was so I into it back see. then. I used to stay yeah. stay awake pretty late to watch that. It was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so Black Ops Two, kind of a an up and down year. Um, we get to ghosts, and for you and I, start a ghost w- was an absolute shit show. Um, so maybe uh, Karma leaves, he joins Complexity. He was on like our NV team. We had like top three or four the first Ghost event. Um, it was me, it was him, Proof of Karma. Yeah, I think it was top four. Karma leaves I'm just for Complexity. To make sure Karma telling you how he's gonna leave. Did Holly tell you or did? Uh, I don't think Karma. he did. Yeah. He's just like, I don't think he did. <laughs> Honestly, I just think he was like. I joined. I don't, I don't even remember. Honestly, I can't even I imagine him like picking up a phone, like communicating that. Like I. <laughs> He might have just tweeted, I joined Complexity. I don't, I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't remember, honestly. I, re- I really don't. I don't remember I, either. I honestly don't. Back then, it was just like, whatever. Um, so Sorry, that, guys. That, I'm going. That, that squad forms. I think we get Goon. We don't play too well for the next couple events. Um, but basically, Champs Times comes around. Or actually, that's when we got scumped to leave Optic yeah. for like... That was after the Philly event. So like, the EMG oh, Philly oh, event, we got like top six. And then... Like, like, add that event. You guys are like, yeah, I think we're gonna get scumped to join. Like, would you be down to sit back and coach? And I was like, I mean, like, as long as you guys are willing to give me a percentage of chance money, because I felt like the team was actually gonna be good enough to win chance for sure. Uh, it felt like, like, yeah. we got the tools we need. Like, sure, I, if if you guys are cool, I coach and I stay involved and get some remuneration for it. Then yeah, I'm okay with it. Um, and then that ha- that literally happened for like a week. I so about that whole scum thing. So, yeah, Clint, like the God Squad was complexity. We were like, all right, yeah. let's just make our own type thing. It was like me, Goonjar, Scump, and Proof. Um, and Goon was like the uh, on the up and up. He had a really good Black Ops two year. He was like a nasty slayer, right? Um, yeah. Then he left. Like, Scump left like the next week to go back, pretty much. And then what happened from there? Because Champs was right around the corner. Uh, Goonjar leaves to go back to TK. Uh, Proof leaves for like a phase team. Yeah. And I'm like, me and Ray are like, all right, well, what do we do? And we Haggy? get uh, nameless and study. I yeah. thought Haggy was in this picture with something. No, that's after. That's, that's after. after. Oh, yeah, that's, oh. that's that's that's. I, like, the I thought real... he like came into play like randomly at one point, but uh, yeah, he did. Study and Ant. Oh, <laughs> dude, we love we love those guys. It's crazy. We're we got work. second somehow. We got it's... second at champs somehow. We came through. Look at me. Just smile. I'm like, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> we got to a final. <laughs> it's like we're gonna get choke slammed. But here we are, boys. We Let's almost didn't it. make it through pool play. We had to play like a three-way tie break, search and destroy one and done. Well, uh, it was cool because this was the first one I casted, like my first champs. And like we were on the you know, Delta stream and Charlie, like it was Gandhi and I, like we were first getting into it, but like you guys were going through the losers bracket, so we actually got to cast a couple of your games in this crazy run. Like, I mean, the Warhawk search, I'll never forget. Yeah, the, the strictly ever. business one to this day, everyone, yeah, I don't ever. think anybody really understands uh, like, how strict, that was. Like, like, I, like, we were basically like heavy on like underdogs. I mean, we were probably well, like, they won regionals, know. right? Going in, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. We were, and we were like, I mean, we were kind of we skated there too. Yeah, we we weren't really, I mean. Realistically speaking, we're probably like top eight. Like if you just top like top eight, probably that event, uh, just based on the amount of time we had to practice and the players that are on our team. Um, and Strictly Business just won the, the regional and we played him in the losers semifinal, I think. It was basically for top three. It was to make it to the losers final to play Optic. And I mean, they're like, I mean, they just won. They just beat Complexity last event. There's no way we should beat these guys. We beat him pretty convincingly in Dom. And then we literally 6-0'd him in the surge. 
and I'm pretty sure Apathy is the only person you got to kill, and he got yeah. two kills in the last round. Last round. Yep. And the yep. rounds were like lightning fast. Like that game literally lasted probably like four minutes. We were just like, let's four hit A, let's four hit B, let's four yeah, hit A. We let's were just four blind four hit A. Find it on YouTube if it's still out there and watch it. Like if you're maybe a little newer to COD and like this is before your time because this was like almost the beginning of my time. And I was never literally going into round six, 5 0, not a single player had a kill on our team. Oh, it was, I've never seen anything like that. I, I just have never. It was wild. We were twisted. <laughs> <laughs> we were locked, bro. <laughs> we were literally like, we were just like 4A. And well, we were all, casting, we were just like, what the fuck? Uh, we, were, we kept, we were we kept like, it's everybody. almost like they were easy to read. Like, we kept shot calling just the right things, and they just kept running into like our, like, they were an aggressive team. It was like, and we it, were all it, fucking it, cheating. That's what it was it, like. I don't know. <laughs> honestly i don't know what it is um, i think that's still to this day my favorite series we've ever played i think that was that was just a really fun one yeah no it was i just remember ant i remember ant was nuts in search that event like i, I remember he was wild. A crazy place yeah some crazy clutches yeah because the first two like two or three rounds and losers we like just survived like game right. fives we were not a great respawn team but we made it uh yeah so back to back second places um and then yeah i mean jay then what and, happened what happened joe what, Studying Nameless, basically, we're like, we want Haggy. And I was like, it, it was like, we want Haggy or we're going to join Optic Nation. That was pretty much what it was. And we were like, I was like, well, Tragic. I guess I just probably should have just stuck with Ray. But at the time, I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do? No, yeah, of course. You know, just when Stro sits me down on the couch and he's like, yo, Ray, I'm sorry, but like, this is happening. And I was like, I don't like, I was like, I mean, I, I was never a huge Parasite fan from like a playing standpoint. I, and like we kind of had, we were like vocally kind of like equal, I'd say like in the realm of the team. So like that's not a team that I like, unlike the scum situation, I really see myself like coaching that team. Mm -hmm. um, especially with, hard -head, with how hard headed study was at the time. Oh my God, the battles I had with that kid. Uh, it's so funny to think of that because he's like just the sweetest guy. Like, no, this is like old school like, Bronx, Bronx Jay. Yeah, like, yeah. just. Yeah, Jay's come a long way. Off stream. Yeah, let Jones, me tell you. Jay's come a long way for sure. <laughs> it's I, just, love yeah, Jay, I never really dealt with him in a player capacity like that, but like I know Joe's just joked with me about some of the headaches he's had over his career. It's just, it's, yeah. I, I just see like idiot. the sweet and soft side of study now. <laughs> but yeah, oh. no, that happens. And then like literally two weeks later, like I think it was like, was the X Games pretty close after or was it? Might have been like a month or something. I think there was yeah. an online portion, like a season online. I think we played gotcha, online, okay. and then, well, basically, oh. I it was a little bit before the, the the X Games event. You guys played in. I actually went to that, but Jay Purrier, who worked for Treyarch and Activision at the time, like reached out. I was like, "Hey, like, are you? What are you doing? Like, what are your plans right now? Are you still playing? Like, would you be interested in potentially working for a studio?" And that's kind of when the Jay? Mm -hmm. That's I, God. I love that guy. Yeah, Jay Purrier is the one that kind of made that happen. Um, he's I. Still to this day, like super, like no. I mean, I don't think anybody really knows exactly who he is or what he did. Scene. But, I well, he did, but he's literally like the savior of competitive COD. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Maven and I talk about it often. But yeah, a guy yeah. named Jay pretty much saved competitive esports. Yeah, for that guy like multiple and, times. And honestly, like from a heart, like anything, like I have nothing but good things to say about that guy. Like he's always been super awesome, super supportive, super sweet. Like. Like honestly, shout out to Jay, man. He's he's that's how man. everyone views him. Like he just, I know for the casual fans watching, you have just no clue who we're talking about. But I think his yeah. title, he was at Treyarch, and his title was like global brand ambassador or something mm -hmm. like that, was on his desk. But he like 
did everything. He was just had a foot in like every door and just like everyone liked him and he was good at dealing with different people. And like anyone you'll ever talk to is like, I love that man. When oh, he yeah. retired, like I, I think I cried. Like I was just like, no. Yeah. 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 No, we thought we were screwed. We thought we were screwed. <laughs> That's for sure. That's why I was like, oh, this is the downfall. This is the downfall. I would say, how, how quick did that happen? Like, like from uh, talking to him. I mean, it, like two weeks, two, three weeks later, I was in a, like a call with, uh, with Michael Condry, uh, Greg Reisdorf, and then Brian Miggles, who were kind of like, I can't remember what Brian's position at the time, but Greg was basically the MP lead designer, and then Condry was like the studio head. Brian's um, like com, comms lead. Yeah, yeah he was comms, I think. Yeah. So, um, which is actually an interesting story. Dr. Disrespect, who worked at Sledgehammer when I joined, but worked there for a few years prior, Greg and Michael Condry were all at COD Champs for Black Ops 2. And right before Farico's winner's final came down and started talking to players. And I knew Guy because I, me and, me and Dr. Dirsek played GBs together like way back, like Black Ops 1, just for the hell of it. And we had a kind of a good relationship. And we were talking and like, we did just, they were asking questions about like map design and like, like what do you like in the game? Like what, what's important to like competitive? And like, I mean, little did I know that actually was like almost like an interview for my Sledgehammer role like a few years later because I mean, I had no idea um that would happen but yeah we had discussion it's wow. almost like i already knew who they were they knew who i was and they liked what they heard of me and so on and so forth so yeah that happened pretty fast after the only reason why i didn't go right away is because the whole visa situation visa. Yeah. yeah and then we like we figured out a way to make it work so yeah i was there for i started there about three months before iw infinite warfare shipped or was that advanced warfare sorry advanced, advanced warfare. warfare ship yeah and then i was there up until uh my coaching job with empire which is like february like right when COVID hit basically yeah and i mean i mean i i guess we'll i mean we'll touch on this more but like i i assume if i was ever hired at a studio or whatever right like i'd probably be more of a what's the word consultant type where i'm giving mm -hmm. feedback i'm playing i'm not really I, I don't think there's any way in hell i could learn how to design a game right uh, but you like got into at you were it, like you learned it you it very much started as that. Like it very much started as like like my the first like four months I was basically almost there every day because I just moved to the bay. I didn't know anyone. Didn't really have anything to be at the house. So I was literally in the studio like every day for like three months, just like looking through the game, giving my like like this objective should be here. This map can just can just be changed, so on and so forth. Like the game the game's already in a disc at that point, so there's not like that many changes that can be made. But like tuning and and stuff like that, I was big had a decent involvement in. Um, but as that game shipped and the next game kind of was in pre-production. Um, yeah, they very much like, like I had two designers kind of like teach me the ropes of like how to handle certain programs and like really kind of go deep down. I never really learned the coding to an extent where I could create my own. I knew yeah. how to like tune coding and like change certain lines to like make things work, uh, but never really kind of like just to create my own thing. Um, but it was enough to understand what was going on. Yeah, enough to understand what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Enough to understand what's going on. And like, if I needed to change something, I didn't really just need to go like tap someone on the shoulder and be like, hey, how do I do this? Um, and it was a lot of just most of the like coding stuff I did was just kind of like changing numbers in certain files. Like the way it kind of works is like you have engineers who are like, they set the ground, like the, the ground roots for the coding and then they give it to the designers and then the designers kind of just turn knobs. Um, and then like obviously there's certain things designers will like actual designers who went to school for will write themselves. But for the most part, I didn't really have to do that. So yeah, I was my, my title there was competitive systems designer. Um, most of my involvement was at the very beginning was basically like just game tuning and like balancing of anything you can think of from map design to guns to speed to anything you think about. Um, and as it transpired, I kind of took over the weapons and like implementing weapons to the game, trying to make them feel real while also being like gamified. 
Um, that was kind of like my main role from the uh, the technical side for World War II. And then also on top of that, I was like very much in line with the the game, the the map designers to try and create some competitive maps. They gave me kind of like I think it was well, like London, two, London Docks, Saint yeah, Marie. London Docks, Saint Marie, and then uh, there was one more. I think I had kind of a little bit of a hands on. Like those, it wasn't really hands. They were still so. more like I don't want to take any like credit for it. There's still more so like them, but it was like me giving it feedback. It's like no, I be, remember be, when I visited, they were in the rooms with us. Yeah, like, just sort of like, hmm, how's this playing? And like right. there were like some headies and stuff, and they're like, we can move this object. Yeah, I mean at that time you're playing the map on blocks. Like I remember Saint Marie, you just see mm -hmm. ramps and, and blocks, right? There's no because exactly. art is last. Yeah, yep. art's, art's last. But so those little things, like I am sure, just like from a flow standpoint and gameplay, even though I know the base is there, and you you know you might discredit how much you did like those little changes can change how it is played so fucking massively yeah. it's it's probably unreal yeah, how sure. much did you work on like because uh, i think a lot of us will still say that's probably the best rank mode we've ever had from a i, I don't know how to word like actual yeah. ranked standpoint like what sort of role do you so, play in that that was kind of like to a certain extent my baby like that was one of the main things that i was like leading from a feature standpoint um it was very much just trying to create like like the, just the mentality was like what would i want to play like something as a pro player like aspiring player and also just looking at it from like like a person who's coming up like to really want to grind and like have a chance the goal was to basically make it something the pros want to play but also gives the chance that the amateurs that are good enough to get to the ton of higher levels to play against the pros because that to me was like a boundary that we never really had or we i mean we have it now because like if you if you're good enough you'll play against the pros and and that's kind of a cool thing. That's what rank brings to me is like really the experience of like as an amateur player, you get to feel what it like what it's like to play a pro. And it gives aspiring players more of a feel of like, oh yeah, am I good enough? Or maybe I can beat this guy. Like it's just a cool aspect to do something in a lot of sports that you don't really get, uh, which is something we have the like accessibility and kind of cod with rank play is something that's cool. So that was kind of the idea was to just make this system that will have people happy playing about. And it was it wasn't anything crazy, crazy innovative and in, in, innovative. It was really just the idea that like, like what have games done already that, that has worked and what's something simple we can do for COD that will make the mentalities and cool as well. Um, yeah, and, when yeah. your points go up, lose your points, go down rocket science. Let me Something tell like you. So, like, that's, the, duo. That's, duo that's, only. that's the only time we've had it done <laughs> like the correct way. Like as cool as rank mode is, I'm glad like Treyarch is at the helm. And there's a, a lot of positive we've had this year. It's still like I think one of the key complaints is like four stacking and the fact that it's just like who grinds the most and like yeah. that that kind of combated that. But I think I'm curious if, since that was your baby, if it'll piss you off. I, mean, I hate nothing tilts me more than when I see someone tweet out like, "What's your favorite rank playlist that's ever existed in COD?" People are like Black Ops Two for sure was the best we've ever had. I'm like, well, it's the first we had, so it's kind of easy. To look. Yes, I mean, it, it definitely started, it was like uh, you know yeah. the first steps, a hundred percent. But like from a rank standpoint, like. Yeah, was, no, I mean, it was glorified pubs. Yeah, that's basically yeah, what it was. Hundred percent. I need to run to the restroom, but you guys continue. I love you, Ray. You're hot. Yeah. Uh, the the again, the the mentality is just like kind of what we talked about. It's just something that the pros want to play, and the casuals get involved in as well. And yeah, and the solo do it. Like that's. I don't want to vent too much about what we have now because I feel like what we have is great and it gets people involved. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, it's like the four stacks kind of cheesy, and we have all the hacking shit these days, which is super frustrating. Sound is you. Um. But I feel like the system. I agree to a certain, like, that's the only pet peeve I have with the system itself is just it promotes playing more than just winning more. Right. Um, like, if, if me and you play, like, if you play a thousand games and I play a hundred games, you could have a 60% winning rate. And let's say, or like, let's compare, I'm not going to compare myself because obviously I wouldn't win 80%. Let's say Shotzi. Let's say Shotzi played 
100 games and won 100 of his games like you would have more points than he has so technically right. the game would value as a better player which which to me is kind of I, wrong. I think like, they're trying to be not as punishing just to be nice to people is what it seems. I don't, but what, what do we gain? Like, that's kind of my question. And that's something I have for you and, and Clint as well. Is like, what do you gain out of that though? Like what's, what's the mentality behind Is the casual really going to want to be more into it because he's not as punished because he gets, I, to just I, I would assume, I would assume that's the theory. I, I, yeah, I that's my be, theory right? is that like, they don't want to piss people off and show minus 100 over and over and over again. And then they're bronze too again. But also right. that deals, it's tough because I think that deals with the whole four stack for solo queue versus duo. Like there should just be separate ranks type thing. Mm -hmm. But I the agree. fact is, it's, it's kind of it's kind of nice for them right now is like if you do just get four stacked on 10 times in a row, like maybe you just your SR doesn't get fried. But yeah, it's, it's but you, you just lost 10 games in a row getting four stacked, which which then really doesn't want to make you play. Like I can't get on the game and play solo anymore. It's just not as fun. Like it's just I'll just get trashed on by people who are communicating and to your question, I, I think I think Joe's right with like that. They probably have data to support like what will make someone quit playing. But I think it is just always going to be that balance of like how the single hardest thing with a rank system is like if the population's not there, it's hard to have a good rank system. And you had that problem right. with World War Two. Like I remember people at the top, you know, we're waiting ten minutes to play a game, which is never what you want, but. At the highest level, but in every other game, it's a thing. That's no, no, all I, yeah, I know. Exactly. But like, it's the other games, though. I think like the the competitive like rank side of it's like kind of always been a thing. Like you think of CS, like that's the core of it, right? Not like pubs. Cause always been about pubs. Yeah. It's like how right. do we how do we get more casual players to get involved and actually play this and have a population there that can support it? I, I think that's what it just boils down to. Um, to me, it, to me, it was like the the mentality there as well was like the players who are going to get to the top would probably prefer waiting a little longer to have a better playing experience than to just get a quick game that has players that are clearly don't belong there and have a poor playing experience and that to me is probably the mentality between like the cs's and the league of legends where you wait a good amount of time to play at the top because there's not as much population but like that's not really the people you're scared to cater to those people are going to play anyways like if i'm a pro and like i'm just playing casually and i want to just game competitive like i'm going to play rank like i'm not just going to yeah. go play a pub and shoot like get 50 kills or whatever that's not a, that's not that fun to me um but again, it's just, I, I see it from the studio standpoint, how they want to go in certain ways. I just feel like, I feel like there's something to gain to try and mold the competitive casual side and to really kind of feel that competitiveness that makes you want to kind of do what the pros do. And that was kind of the goal for me in rank was that like, when I, when I was at the helm of the feature for rank play, it was just the idea to like, if I'm an aspiring player, sure, I won't feel as good because I'm like silver or bronze or whatever the early ranks were. But it gives me something to thrive towards. Like I have this this mentality. It's like golf, for example. Like you really suck at golf when you start, but you see what someone good can do, and you're like, I want to do that. So you just have this build up and motion that gets you hooked and keeps you playing and trying to grow and get into these next few ranks that eventually you get to play against the pros. I think um, Halo is what really and with, hooked and a with, lot of us. And with the pros, like, right? And with yeah, the exactly, level exactly. fifty, like get level fifty, <laughs> yeah. like that was that was hard as hell, I, but that was fun. Yeah, no, it was. But um, yeah, just just. Partially is babying people too much. And I think like the culture just sort of changed. Like there's a reason why, you know, they kind of go hand in hand. I think like kind of accountability is the right word, but like, you know, games like one V one games, like a Starcraft used to be really, really big, but right. whatever, it's a generational thing. Like people don't want the stress of that one V one. They want <laughs> teammates and they want people to blame and they don't want it to solely to be on them. Cause it's a very stressful yeah, thing yeah. um and now we have mobas <laughs> like yeah it's just uh exactly 
yeah, it's sort of like, oh, God damn, I miss StarCraft. I miss it too. I grind, I played the hell out of that. SCT same. when it came out. Oh my God, that was same, so much fun. Same, same. All right, we got a lot to get through still. So, um, okay, so you leave a Sledge for Empire. Right. Um, I guess sort of what goes into that decision? Missing the competitive community, maybe the CDL uh, gets announced and you're like, boom, maybe this is like my 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 entry in or back to yeah, it. It was, well, when I heard the CDL get announced, that's when kind of Stro reached out. Actually, he reached out before I even heard about that because it was like, it was almost like a eight, nine months before it actually happened, like to where I actually transpired and or translated oh. into the coaching. Um, again, like visa stuff going on there as well. But at first it was kind of like, like he was gauging interest. And I was like, I was, I was going out with my now wife. I was, we were, were we engaged? I'm trying to remember when this, I, yeah, we were pretty sure we were engaged at the time. So obviously it was more than just a solo decision. Like it requires moving um, and moving to a different place. and then. What is she going to do? Is she still in school? So on and so forth. So there's a lot more to it than that. But uh, I mean, yeah, I did miss the competitive side of it. Uh, one of the things that I probably disliked the most at Sledge was just not really being able to be like, not spokesperson, but just not really being in the limelight and talking about the things I do every day. Like I love just being vocal with the the fan base or anyone who's interested in what I do about what I do and just have discussions about it. Um, to me, that's a lot of fun and something I really like about the just the competitive scene of anything in general. Um, and obviously didn't get that kind of scratch that itch for a few years. And then uh, it was also just the Bay Area is just really expensive to live in. We didn't really see ourselves kind of be able to, like we had goals and aspirations. We want to buy a house. We were kind of thinking about starting a family and so on and so forth. And it just didn't really seem that feasible to do out there. Um, just because, I mean, for those who don't know, look at California taxes and what cost of life was. I mean, I was making six figures working where I was working and it was basically your poor. So um yeah. just, it's crazy it's crazy out there it's yeah, insane it's, 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 the weather's great the food's great the people are great everything about it is great the money is just obviously the issue um but um so yeah whenever strawberry shot i was like yeah so that was kind of a discussion that happened for a minute and then uh finally pulled the trigger and did it uh and yeah just started i think it was two weeks two three weeks before the la land which was the last land we had that year before covid kind of hit and took over um and yeah it was that on it was uh it was fun it was a good time and, and well, I think that year you kind of touched on it before on like your own content or other podcasts, but I think a big thing for that team was you allowing the younger players to have a, have a voice for sort of the crims and clays or yeah, crim and clay, right? Like just sort of yeah. allowing Shotzi, Illy, who to sort of speak their mind. It was a lot of arbitration. I mean, like, like let's not beat around the bush. Like when I, when me and you played together, I was pretty direct. Um, I wouldn't say I was like, I mean, maybe I was that condescending. I mean, maybe a little bit, you know, you mumbled. Yeah. You mumbled. I mumbled. Yeah. I had, I had my moments of like frustrations, but I wasn't like Krim and Clay were extremely vocal with the young guys, which, which to me to this day, like, I don't think anyone can understand how like rock solid Kyler, Ender and Ant were to take, to take the positive and the constructive stuff out of what Clay and Krim were shown were, were giving him. Cause it was it was hard at times. And that, I guess that's probably like, yeah, one of the main things I did when I first started was kind of like almost like arbitrate some of these discussions and almost like maybe like translate what they were saying into a more receptive way. Um, and I mean, I very much kind of led them like obviously Krim and Clay, just veterans and super talented individuals who've won a lot. So um, I, a lot of the things I did when I first came in was more question, not really directing, was more like kind of like, hey, like we're doing this. Like, what do you guys do you guys see what's there's the an goal? issue here? Yeah, what's the yeah. goal? Like, just more so, like, just really kind of making sure everyone's on the same page, which is something I still kind of do to this day coaching. It's kind of like that's the main goal as a coach 
to me is really like the players kind of have a good understanding what they're doing. Um, but if you see something that just doesn't seem conducive with everything going on, then you bring up questions and you let them kind of try and answer themselves if, as much as possible. Cause it's always easier if they can answer it themselves. Tell me why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so it was a lot of the start and just trying to like molding and, and doing as much as I could for the younger guys. Um, spent a decent amount of time with Ender kind of like one-on-one and then, and then like Shotzi, I came in at kind of a weird time for Shotzi cause like he had a rough start to the year. And oh, I think when like I the objective, and yeah, I think exactly. Thought, like, like, oh, I yeah. have to just do this all the time. Yeah. When I first came in was like when they really first started kind of like, they like let him off the leash a little bit on just kind of mm-hmm. how he wanted to go about things. So I didn't really have an impact on that. I was more so like them or maybe himself just figuring out like, Hey, like this is what works and this was going to help us win. And everyone just kind of following the line for that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a very kind of like, like as far as the years of coaching, it was, it was a little different than the pre than the following years because of the fact that like it was just very much like the two vets, just kind of like me, just being kind of like the the middle guy between the vets and the young guys, uh, to a certain extent, and just again well, fig- more just throwing questions. I figured that just looked like an insane, insane team to come into, like just in the sense of like brand new players, like Shotzi Switch from Halo, and two of the biggest vets of all time. Like the difference between one of the you know, Kramer Clay being like, shut the fuck up, right? I know what I'm doing. And then like the new players being more open to stuff. Like it had yeah. to be nuts. So it's kind of, it's cool to hear from your, from your POV. No, I think, I think it was, I was honestly like the whole five on thing, five on five thing the next year. Like I think Krim and Clay, like were very good balancing acts to each other. Cause obviously they're both kind of like alphas if we really kind of put it that way. Um, and I felt like they were like a perfect mold to back and forth. Just like, like if Krim said something that didn't really make sense or vice versa, Clay said something like they would call each other out and they would just had so much respect for each other. that They would just take it. Like they would just like, like they would kind of have the clash between each other. They were okay to have that. And they would, it wouldn't ruin the relationship or the team or anything. They would just kind of battle through it and then something good would come out of it. And then you follow up and then everyone gets on the same page and you just start molding. It was, it was just a really kind of a good team dynamic on, on the result wise. It could have been handled a little differently on how it was spoken about in certain ways, but but uh, you but got yeah, it done. You got yeah, it done. exactly. Yeah, you got a job done for sure. Yeah, you guys uh end up winning uh champs that year, uh, beating phase, which is uh, a very big deal. There it is, the champion shirt. <laughs> um, and then as you kind of said, the team dynamic well, that changes quite a bit going into Cold War, right? Uh, you guys we go back down to 4v4, which all right, well, I, I mean, I think everybody was happy, but for the teams, it kind of sucked because you, you had to cut a player. I'm sure that was a big team discussion. Uh, we, we've had Clay on, um, you know, he kind of was like. He, he just had a feeling it was going to be him. It just kind of sucked, like, because he he was a guy looking for his home type thing. But right. um, I, I'm I mean, sure being it, in that situation was very difficult. It was it, went, it was like, shitty, and it it really came down to the kind of the three young guys making the decision. Um, mm-hmm. They were kind of like who to like the organization wanted to build around, which made sense. Like, yeah. like Hasho had a huge involvement in, in kind of like the discussions between players and making sure everyone kind of is happy with what's going on. Um, and I, I think there was a few things that happened before I came in early in the year with Clay that kind of probably left a little sour taste in some of the younger players' mouths that kind of probably led to that decision happening that way. I was a little worried about that decision happening at the time because Clay was very much kind of like the IGL on the team uh, towards the end of the year. Like I was working with him a lot on that and just kind of like helping him find his groove and just kind of figuring out like where in where does the mentality of like where you need to really focus on the team's gameplay and your own gameplay kind of come in. And yeah, he just as intense got, as he is, he's yeah. very open to things. Yeah. More open than I think what Krim is in the way he goes about it, right? Definitely. And he 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 got, I mean, to me, like he was a extremely like I mean, I hate to take him like I mean, Krim was like everyone played so good, but like from a vocal like team standpoint, like Clay was like like 
instrumental to our victories towards the end of that year. I heard it in the list. Um, like, I remember. Yeah, it, it was like just directing sad. traffic and it was like his shot calls were on point, were decisive. And kind of like, like me and Joe went through that a lot when in our playing days, like I was kind of shot calling for the most part when we played together. And it doesn't really matter if it's a good or bad shot call, as long as you do it as a team and yeah. there's a good chance that it's going to work out. And it was just, everyone had respect for it and just something would be said and it was done. And that was it. And it just, it was just such a good kind of dynamic. And, and I, I mean, to me, like, I mean, this is kind of like a little more detail, but like Azir Cave was one of the hardpoint maps that we hadn't won until the playoffs that year. Oh, yeah. And it was like our secret pick. And we, like, I was, we pushed as a team to get better at that for the last month going to chance because we're like, nobody's going to expect us to play this. And even the maps that we had lost, like, we were like 0 and 5 or 1 6 going, they were all close games. And we just made a few kind of like good fundamental like decision making. Like, we basically gave P4 to the other team because P5 was like P1 anywhere. Just, Basically, like changed the way we thought about the map I a little bit it. as a team. Yeah, I remember. And it. we just never lost. It was almost impossible to lose because of how we played it. Like you, yeah. it was just like five v five is hard to flip spawns. So as long as you played for the right spawns, which was basically the P five, P one, P two spawn. spawns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it was basically really hard. So, so we just kind of figured out like what was wrong, and we just made a decision, and just like everyone respected the shot call when it happened, and we just basically never lost the map after that, and basically Sounds won a chance, in my opinion. Was it? Sounds like what was it phase and was it annihilation or what was that map? They're like they're acing the hole. What was the like temple map? Apocalypse. Uh, apocalypse. apocalypse. Yeah. Annihilation. Apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. I was sort of there like acing the hole. Like people didn't realize they were good yeah. and yeah. came up in that final it, and they fucking It helps a them. lot. It helps a yeah. lot going to the end of the year if you can do that. Cause I mean, everyone has their expectations for map pools and like, like weirdly enough, some teams just don't really forcefully try to expand their map pool. Like, I don't think they can. That's I think that's a problem as well. I, for some teams, it's tough when you're kind of on the hate bubble. That I get no, it. I, I I agree with you. I, I think it's silly. Oh, but it's, uh, but that's it's why not, I like like best of nines. But I, I think there are some teams that just really struggle because they they put so much pressure on the matches to qualify. Let's let's forget about even matches. Let's just even talk about practice. We talk yeah. about practice. Oh yeah, <laughs> people are like not chalking this map. We're right? talking about practice, dude. Like, what, how are you just <laughs> forgetting about like? Sure, we suck at this map now. But why are we not trying to get better at this map? Like, we're playing anyways. Might as well get better at it, right? Like, right. I never could reason with a player's mentality ever. Like, it actually still pisses me off to this day. <laughs> How, like, someone will go into a map and just they play just, like, for the fuck it. of it. Yeah, they're yeah. just, like, they're moving, they're going through the motions. Like, it's their best map. It's our worst map. We're going to lose it. Fuck it. Like, yeah. what? Like, what if, what if you, like, why not learn from this team and try to do things they're doing so next time you play them, you could just pull it out? <laughs> I I just that it, it drives me no, nuts. I hear you. Um, but yeah, that was just kind of like the mentality again to me. Like it's just a team to me, the team that wins champs every year in the last, like at least as far as I can remember. Like, I mean, FaZe had the strongest map pool, these had the strongest. I feel like we had, I mean, not, let's not even beat around the bush. I feel like the last three winners were the teams that probably had the strongest map pools going to champs, period. Like, like you just can't veto against them. You have to play the maps that they're going to be good at. I don't care if you're good at it, they're probably better at it. And well, like, especially with the best of nine, like Joe said, like you're playing yeah. it, you're playing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little different now with best sevens. Yeah, um, true. You guys get to Cold War 4v4. It's kind, of, it's kind of a crazy year. There's the whole hook situation, yeah, but you guys uh, have, you get second at two majors, uh, third at a major, uh, and then you guys get third at champs. I mean, just felt like you never could find the, the roster. Like maybe towards the end with Vivid, you, you got close, but maybe just needed a little bit more time. We just never got our feet under us. It was, it was the kind of thing because like it was a weird year which was very comparative to not like not this year but the previous year with the whole in their issues like 
like you're not really focusing on the game almost like and it's almost like i was doing like because i was kind of labeled as a gm which i want to kind of talk about a little later as well but but like you're spending more time kind of dealing with like the like obviously astro at the time PR and Hector last year like yeah pr like you're just like obviously i'm doing my job as a coach when we're in trends but like outside of it it's very much just like you're not not really able to kind of do the extra stuff like you're very much just kind of focused on like trying to get everyone on the same page from a mentality standpoint of like who they're teaming with and trying to figure things out from a roster standpoint rather than really just like focusing on where you're going to be uh like focusing just like map side like how how are we going to grow what's the plan for the next few months on like what maps we're we trying to get better at like who are our matchups so on and so for like all the extent of things that you can think about that the coach does or I'm sure even the stuff you love does. like what you want to yeah, get to exactly yeah. the stuff that i'm here for that i'm good at like i'm yeah. really kind of like yeah just to put this on the side and worry about all this shit that's just kind of like it's basically like a dark cloud it was just a really weird environment because it, it's like because everyone's kind of a little frustrated like even though, like mostly the players right because like especially in the day and age we live now where like the roster decisions are never really what you want like even like the vivid situation for example like it like it took us what we were playing with tyler for like a month and a half i think yeah um and we were really close to getting clay back like right from the get-go but some stuff happened there i don't really want to talk about that too much but um yeah. it's just the players like have these like you ask the players because the players like for everyone here look at me deep in the eyes <laughs> players for the most part still make roster decisions okay listen to me you see me okay <laughs> um they drive the decisions. Like ultimately, the the ownership and the GMs and the, the the people higher up will have obviously a say. But what drives this, the thought of a roster change or anything like that always starts in the players. Um, and and it's just like the players at that point, like the the like for example, like for the the Empire situation, like me and Show were involved talking to players, like who do you get, like who would you guys want to pick up, like who? Because again, like we're like we have an idea of who we, we think is good, but like like the players ultimately will get the like. We want them to be comfortable. Like if they yeah. feel confident about a right. teammate, then that's good, right? So then you create this list of players. Like some are achievable, some are probably not achievable. You still have them on the yeah, list. The contract, case. Spending money, yeah, yeah, exactly. And all the contract stuff. It's not like back in the day where like, ah, oh, yeah, let's just pick up this Sketch. guy. Sketch on the side, yo. Yeah, sketch on the side. Yeah, <laughs> on the side, yeah. <laughs> a little DM, and it's done in like two minutes. And you're like, yep, all right, sorry. It's like well, a, little, even, a little different now. Even like the karma situation with Joe was thought we didn't know karma was off the team. Like I mean, that doesn't happen these days. Like. <laughs> Oh, but, cool. Uh, we have a three-man team now, lit. It's just it's just such a kind of a weird like slate to kind of go around, and it just makes it so hard to kind of compete at a high level while all that's going on. Because even like with Fellow, for example, like Fellow is very much aware that like, hey, look, like, like obviously we're trying to make this work. Like we want to win games. Like we still have champs to make too and all that stuff. But like, like Fellow was aware that like, hey, look, like these these players are potentially going to come in as well. Um, and it's just kind of a weird, like it's just a weird situation as a team. It's pretty hard to kind of like like you do your best with the situation you're given, but it's very hard to compete like with, against a team that isn't dealing with the same issue. 100%. Um, so it's yeah, just I mean, kind of, I, yeah, you guys get close with vivid towards the end of the year. Um, yeah. You, you get third. I'm sure there was probably some moments where you guys were close to what the whole, that whole, that raid hard point. That was an insane series. That was, dude, that was probably coolest coaching moment for sure. That was so yeah. sick. Like I came yeah. on this, like they didn't show this, but I came on the stage and yo, no, 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 it's not over yet. <laughs> and then I walked by the Toronto guys, like, just like the old days. Because <laughs> they're all European. So I was like, I was like, I probably get in their head. Because Marky was there. Me and Joe used to run Marky back in the day. I love that. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to my man Marky. I love Marky. Marky. Oh, well, yeah. And then Marky gave me his in, face. When, when controls this year, <laughs> twisted. Marky gave me his face, like, oh. Yeah, here we get here, ready. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then in the Vanguard, game. you guys get put into another situation. Um, but Optic and Envy merge. And I think for you, 
I mean, you got to be feeling pretty happy about this, I would assume. And Hector and Stro, this is kind of the yeah. two guys who your 100%. owners, they, they've taken care of you for a long time. There's been rumors of this in the past. There was the Eon thing. Like, this had to be a, I mean, you're probably thinking, obviously, the, the roster stuff, it is what it is. But you're like, all right, this has got to be, this is dope. Yeah, oh, it was sick. It was, I mean, couldn't be any happier, honestly, having, like you said, like Stro, who's kind of kind of my cod dad back when uh on the envy days and then obviously having hector around always had a good relationship with him and just having both kind of come in was just a really cool feeling and just mm -hmm. we knew like anything from like a monetary standpoint from a fan standpoint from your streams pop into like content anything in general was just obviously all everything was gonna be positive the only like weirdness obviously going on in time was the roster stuff like what like what's gonna happen like obviously scump was gonna be involved like that's a no-brainer shots was gonna yeah. be involved Illy most like like Illy was basically shooting right off the bat so it's like okay well what goes on now like um and ultimately like again players drive the decisions there was discussions uh at the time it was kind of like scum shots and Illy talking about like who would they want to play with when very much kind of happened right away after like it was like a week after champs kind of like decisions and talks we're having um and Porter was made aware too at the time that the merge was happening uh so I, he was pretty obviously pretty mad about the whole situation uh, not being involved in all that um, which respect understandably, but again, like the players, players yeah, get course. what they want. So, yeah. Um, and then there was a lot of discussions and talks about who the four was going to be, and then like Brandon seemed like the best fit, uh, just because like mostly I think is it came down to really because of the fact that like Shotzi and Illy played a lot with Brandon back in the day in their like upcoming days, mm -hmm. um, and their like pre CDL days, like the the search and destroy scene and all that stuff. So they had a good relationship already. Um, there was some fears, like I guess there was some stuff happened on with like with the the optic roster the previous year that were like people were a little skeptical about like having Brandon on and whatnot. But like I think it was just everyone was like, yeah, we'll make this work. Like I was pretty confident. Like I mean, I'm I'm still confident this day that I can make amends and make relationship works with anybody and try and turn players into better players, no matter the situation they're in or what they do. Um, I feel like I kind of have that good effect. And for the very start of that relationship with the team was very much the case. I mean, we. Like the start of that year was just like, I mean, I couldn't, it was so clean from a team relationship standpoint, from our process, like even like Troy was involved because like he was a coach on Optic the previous year right. he came in and even our bond and our relationship like went like, like it was just literally like, I mean, we just molded like as one from the get go. Like I couldn't and like, it felt for the first, like even before we won the first event, it I literally felt like we were never going to lose. Like <laughs> it, it's, it sounds crazy to say. But just because of how everyone was acting in practice, how everyone was just like thriving to be better, we were talking about like VOD, we were talking about what was better, like what to do. Like it was just such a good system, just from like, like I'm not even talking about like system in the game. It was just from like the process standpoint, it was just so clean that there was no bumps from the get go. And obviously, like I'm sure there's going to be some bumps along the road, but like with how well things were going, it just felt like impeccable. Like it's like yeah. Sky was the limit for that rock. Um, yeah, and it was. Yeah, we yeah. won the win the first event pretty cleanly. I mean, like obviously had that that reverse sweep against FaZe. Um, everyone's extremely happy. Like we it started with two bumps. Like we lost our first. It was a games. fairy tale. It was a fairy tale. Yes, yeah. we're in Dallas. Oh. This was the first event where they merged. Cool. Like this was yeah. Oh, and you it, probably yeah, it felt fake. <laughs> I, I <laughs> like, imagine like FaZe's dominance in the previous title. Like you're thinking about that when you're making the team too. Like they just yeah. ran Cold War. So you're like, what team ran. are we built to be them? Then you reverse sweep them there. Like, yeah, it literally was like a little yeah, a little fairy it was tale. So and then, like, we had those first. And, I don't know what one. We had those first two losses at the start of the season, which was almost like a blessing in disguise for us because, like, the team hadn't really lost scrims that much, and mm -hmm. we lost. And there was a few kind of like, 
like i don't know like people some people weren't taking the losses the right way in my opinion and there was a lot of like talking between the coaches and the players about that like right after the losses to take loss differently and learn from them rather than just like be pissed um and then we just moved forward and again like i don't think we lost the game for like a month and a half after that uh pretty sure so it was just yeah it was crazy and then fucking event two happens and jesus christ that was so annoying yeah, a bit of a roller coaster. That oh else pops up. Uh, yeah. Ender, Ender's thumb, Ender's finger happens. Yeah. You have that old ordeal the entire year. It happened. It literally started like a week before the event, and I mean, we didn't know. He didn't tell us um, until like after the event. And then yeah, like like we're basically like, oh shit! Like that, I mean, when you think about gamers, you're not really like, what the hell can happen to where a person can't play? Mm-hmm. But I mean, the thumb is probably one thing that you're like, yeah, you probably need that. Um, so yeah. It was tough. So that happens for most of the year. It's kind of a, I mean, yeah, kind of an up and down year. I think towards, what did you guys finish the champs? Uh, we lost to Seattle in the loser semi, so fourth. Was fourth? We got fourth, okay. yeah. There's like, like crazy battle like, to get back to the immediate glory of yeah. that win. It just felt like you were clawing your way back there. Just, just that mental there, thing man. again. Like just, again, yeah, there's just, always, always something on the players' minds outside of the game. Like the process that we had wasn't really a process anymore for the rest of the year. Like I kept trying, like me and Troy kept trying to like push it back into the players. But again, like, like if you try to force something that just doesn't feel right because of all the other shit going on, like it probably hurt more than it helped. Um, mm-hmm. Looking back, back on it now, and that like created a divide in some of the players and mentalities, and that started just a whole, like even beyond just the inner thing, like created some more backlashes between the roster, and that led to some of the changes that it was just. It's it was just spotlight. Like everything is just yeah, yeah. times was, one thousand now. It wasn't great, man. Before. It was it was really frustrating because again, it was something that like we couldn't control. Like, like unlike the Empire thing was kind of like I mean, not too different, but like to a certain extent, like that was more so yeah. like some of that stuff probably could have been avoided. But External. this was just literally yeah. like you just I mean, a player's injured. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um. So Vanguard's done. We get MW two. We're fine. Where we are here. Uh, postseason happens, and for Optic, it was kind of a crazy postseason. It was for a, six hours, <laughs> for about a day, it was a crazy one. There was a different Optic roster, and then it stayed the same. Uh, Shotzi and, and Scump were like, "We're chilling. Never mind. We're good to go." It was we're such a go. weird day, dude. A weird was, day. Uh, I, there was a lot of indecisions on the players' front. There, like, I don't really want to go too much in depth again. I kind yeah, of respect, of like, like in a couple of years from now, whenever, whenever, like things that are transpired, I'll probably open up about this a little more and be more specific, but and go into more detail, but just kind of as it stands, it was again, like players wanted changes. There's a lot of things that happened during that year that led to the mentality of like, obviously like in their thumb, there was like kind of question marks about what's mm-hmm. going on. Um, and then like, there was other things that happened with Brandon that were kind of like, like, is this something that we're going to be able to move past? And the players felt like maybe not. And then the announcement is made. And I don't know, for whatever reason, like five hours later, there's a different, like we're, we had two other players that were basically like, down with it and about to sign um i won't name them in the future <laughs> we will we'll talk about yeah. it um but well, yeah i wonder if it was like all like bait and like all for it social was not. but it was clear it was very, not, mu- it was very much it was, not bait trust me I mean, obviously you, 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 joe and i something was like going you guys on. i would have not been able to like keep a straight face if yeah, yeah. like you know me bro yeah, like yeah, 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 bro. Yeah. And i have like i have a bad bone in my body i can't lie to your face bro like i would have <laughs> yeah. streamed and be like ray looks uncomfortable he's hiding something <laughs> <laughs> Nah, bro. Like it wasn't. It was not like. Oh, sorry. Um, sorry, man. Oh, you're good. You're good. But <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm sure it was. Uh, it, it seemed like a circus from the outside. So I'm sure being in the middle of it was. Uh, it was. Nuts. It was oh, such a say? kind of. Yeah. So there's like phone calls that happen after. Like, like let's try and make this work. And then the players feel like they got the discussions and 
talk about the things they wanted to hear. They the they heard what they wanted to hear out of the players that kind of let them believe that, like, hey, like, because again, like we were like before, like pre-ender thumb issues, it was like, yeah, like we're never gonna yeah. lose again. Like that again. I I I can't fathom, I can't say that enough. Like it felt like us back in the day, Joe, like from the optic days, like the modern mm-hmm. three year, where it literally felt like it took everything possible to happen for us to lose a game, not even just a tournament to lose a map, like a match. Um, yeah. So it was like, yeah, we like, can we recreate that feeling? The players felt like they could. So we just ran back with it. Ran it like run it back is what they said. Run it back. Um, yeah. They ran it back. Um, first uh, event was not good. Nope. Um, yeah. I of, just didn't, didn't make it out of groups. That was tough. Uh, I'm, yeah. Some frustrations I'm sure. And then I, I don't really know what happens. There's another like ordeal that goes down, but basically is, is that when you're kind of, kind of taking a step back? content creator whatever yeah we'll just we'll hover it briefly again those are things that I, yeah, i'll open course. up to someday and kind of discuss yeah, yeah. to the public but right now mm-hmm. i'm not, not really pointing i, res- I respect this delicate dude but, you still want to work yeah with but basically yeah like again i like even to this day like even brandon for example like do do i like the guy a lot maybe not as much as i once did but to me like from the get-go even after all the things he said like i was still willing to work with him i still felt like like mm-hmm. like i could still help the kid get better and and drive himself to be a better like just player in general um and so after the event like i mean we're talking like fucking two hours after we lost to florida to be a hit event the players kind of started a discussion again between themselves and they're like yeah changes happened so that change was pushed to happen during the holidays there's everything you guys saw with the whole each player we try to go through um and I don't remember what were the I don't even remember that. Uh, I like yeah, let's not go too much into these. Yeah, no, I, I don't. <laughs> I was more so asking Clint. Yeah, but I don't. I don't even remember. I remember oh, like the changes, but I don't remember what it was. But okay. I won't confirm or deny, so it doesn't matter. Well, yeah. Uh, but, I, I just view this thing as like you. I mean, again, you have to dive into it, but like you guys. Just this is a collision of how the game should be played to some degree, and like it is just. It's, well, I it's, think it's, too. It's probably eye to eye and things. Well, in, in like I'm sure on the players it was we almost made this decision let's try to make this work and it obviously didn't freaking work right. so then you're like okay we should have done this from the get-go again the players are driving the decisions on that end so yeah. that's logical explanation to it um without going yeah. too much into detail but um so basically the change happens we end up picking up kyler uh basically a week before the major starts before our boston match i think we have one match the first weekend um they literally the game i mean like you guys know i'm sure everyone that watches know but there was a big patch for the spawns that basically changed how the game was played yeah uh so we had even like we were basically already behind most of the teams that had started playing because this is during the holiday break um so a few teams kind of i mean most of the teams had started scrimming basically a week before we started so we had to kind of like we had a lot of catching up to do um and then this whole the whole brandon kind of spieling slander i want to call it let's call it that uh on on the stream and all that stuff didn't help uh it was very stressful for me because i again like i don't feel like personally i did anything to wrong him in any capacity Mm -hmm. um and i don't like like even with like crims like saying things the way they like again i'm here to help i do whatever i can to help i don't of course i never i'll never drive a player to be worse at least i'm not trying to in any capacity you're and it's Canadian. always Canadian. Yeah. You're a good dude. You want you want the best for people. I want the I best for everyone. And again, even after everything I was said, I still wanted the best for him. But uh, things happened, and then Scump was kind of on the edge, just from a little bit before that. Before that happened, I won't want to go too much in detail as well. Uh, but we basically win our first match. Uh, Scump that night decides that he's done. He wants to retire. Yeah, that Ooh. happens. 
Like, I mean, it, it didn't come out of the blue per se, but like, it, like, I mean, I kind of, I wasn't expecting well, to happen now and then. Um, yeah. But I think for this, for like three years, honestly, like it could have happened. So. Well, and I think for you too, like, you know, obviously Seth, I mean, we've known Seth for a long time, but this was in a way like you're kind of safe haven. Was that like, like scump, no matter what, anything you say is going to listen to you or at least be open to what you're saying. Shotzi, Shotzi and Italy for the most part are the same. That's true. Like, like from our days in Empire that we build that relationship. Like, like point, I feel yeah. like I feel like from the players, these like the person I see eye to eye with the most from a game standpoint, like at this very moment in time, again, it could be more, but like from my experience, it's Shotzi. Like, it, like he yeah. just and just sees the game very much kind of like the how we play it, just like consistent fundamentally, just like you are required to do certain things on the map because you're in this position. You should be doing this to help the team, even if it requires you taking a route that maybe isn't as easy with the gun you have. Like you should be doing this because this is where you are at the time. Like the situation requires X, Y, and Z, and you're doing it. Like you don't even think about it twice; you just do it. Um, <laughs> Hear that as well. Wild, I just, though, I just more meant so. I think if Seth was probably still there, like I think in my mind, you're probably still there. Like that's, uh, that's just more what yeah, I'm saying. I mean, that's probably I maybe mean, that's I'm wrong, fair. but like I, uh, I think that's. Like, I mean, who, like knowing his position and sort of your guys's relationship. I just yeah, feel like that's... and I mean also given the stance of like what happened. So like I mean, Seth retires a week into the major two like bra or pool pool play, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, play some matches, and then like I get a call from Hector. Like then I think it was that same night, actually a little later that night, that Seth's retiring. Let's have breakfast the next morning. So he probably already had his main mind his mind made up on the roster decision. But like ultimately, like who else are you going to go after? Like you don't, you can't really make like a big change a week. Like it would have to have been happening during the holidays. So like Brandon was definitely the best player they had uh, to kind of bring back. Um, again, the players made the decision to have mm -hmm. him set aside. So I guess Hector probably had a call with the players individually or some sort to kind of like make them understand what's going on and help them like try to mend bridges on that end, I guess. Um, and yeah, just Hector has breakfast with me the next day and tells me what's going on. And like, without going too much in depth, obviously a person wasn't wanting me around. So <laughs> yeah. um, I'm kind of set aside and like, yeah, at the time it was kind of like, Hey, like, like we still very much want you involved in content. Like we, let's figure out a way to make this work uh, to where you're involved and who knows maybe in the future, like there was still kind of like that open door to like, like maybe we can amend those bridges as well to where you can come back in. Um, at least that's kind of what I was led to. That's my mentality at the time was kind of like the, that thought process. Um, and even to like the very moment, the very end of where I kind of got released um i still was like hopeful that at some point in time maybe something like that could happen but uh, obviously that's not the case well but they, did they like it seemed like i saw a couple people on social tweeting they had left optic as well or been released like i think i saw like a social person i i saw like three other tweets other than yours were you part of just like sort uh, of a, a wave of like kind of trimming the fat I don't really. I mean, I, I guess it's to a certain extent probably. Um, well, I think I think most esports organizations now are like in a place where they're obviously like money isn't flying around as much as it was once was yeah, before. Yeah. Everyone's, so everyone's just like, right yeah, now. yeah. Like if I, I, I mean, honestly speaking, like I wasn't doing all that much. Uh, some another thing that I won't go too much in detail happened the week prior that probably had a big impact on why that was done at that time. But uh, yeah, I just I just I don't think my Lego was related like directly with the other like. Things okay. that you saw. Yeah, because you were making curious. content. You were like a content creator hanging out. Yeah. Like basically, yeah. You know, had the option to do whatever you kind of wanted to do with the optic brand type thing. Right. Yeah. Well, what I was gonna say, that's just kind of not you, is it? I, I can't see myself. I can't see you just like I don't, I don't know. Like you're stuff. just so competitive. I, I just I feel am. I can't see you just streaming and I I, I don't know. 
So I did that hardpoint series. I don't know if you guys watched it, but it was the the game like within the, the breakdowns. Game. Yeah, yeah, the breakdown, like just kind of breaking down like how a map should be played and just the mentality yeah. of like like goals to achieve during a map that even I mean, stupidly saying some teams weren't some professional teams weren't doing at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um uh but yeah, it was just kind of like showcasing like my mentalities and like I mean I got nothing to hide. Like I told Hector as well, like 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 if this is gonna be a thing, you gotta let me kind of say what I like, not let me say what I want to say, but like like not let me hide anything about the game, right? Like anything that I that comes to mind that could potentially help or hurt a team, like I'm gonna say, um, mm-hmm. which was agreed upon. Um, so I did my videos to just kind of like showcase like my way of or not my way, but like the best way in my opinion was to play a map. Um, and I did it for the hard points. And I actually had fun doing it. I just I have a really hard time sitting in front of my computer with no interactions, human interactions. That's yeah. probably the hardest part about doing content. Like, I mean, I spent like on average probably 10 hours editing those videos. And it's just so hard to just like like if I like let's say I was making content, let's say I was doing this with you guys every day. Like this to me is easy content and it's fun because I'm interacting with you guys. Like we're Way friends. Easier when you're vibing with the boys, bro. Yeah, exactly. You're vibing. Yeah. No, it's in the same way. Warzone two every day. Like it's way easier when you're vibing with the bros. That's what I'm saying. So it's like yeah, even from like a sociopath. Like, yes, yeah, so <laughs> the, the comp the competition aspect is as a obviously a big involvement in me not necessarily like but but like even the like the content we did with the people like and I would like uh, like the old games we played with the guys and as a team or whatever we did the content aside I love doing that shit like give me that shit I would do that shit every day for the rest of my life if I could like give me on the watch parties give me doing all that stuff it's fun but like yeah. but the stuff that you do on your own which is kind of like weirdly enough kind of my forte because of the fact that I can like I have maybe an astute and like a mindset of certain things that maybe some some people don't have. Um, just required to be on your own, and I just I just wasn't about that, man. It's just so hard to like, it's like it's just it's really not. It feels really like like a chore rather than like enjoyment of sharing things. And even when you do share YouTube videos, like you see the comments, but like it just doesn't hit as hard. Like I would, it's almost like like thinking of it now. Like I would rather do like individual lesson. Like let's say Joe wants, or maybe not Joe because Joe's as smart as I am, but maybe Clint. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe <laughs> that's fair. That's but fair. Maybe maybe me and Clint get in a lobby and like. Like I run through like let's say one of Clint's rank play games and I like ex- describe to him like hey look like decision could have been a little different because X Y and Z is happening like that legit what that, we did in Black Ops Two you literally just taught yeah, me everything basically so, yeah. yeah like that's basically like to me that's much more enjoyable and something I probably in hindsight probably should have done more of uh, I'm not saying it would have changed anything but yeah just yeah there's there's something about like just I, I respect the people that grind the content and like even just finding ideas and it's like harder than people realize it's bro, it's really yeah grind. people see that as like it's a ton of fun and like yeah sure the youtube game is a little different you're not doing like you're not doing like hard work like work construction work kind of stuff but it's mentally is very very drooling well i want to touch on one thing before we get to like community questions just to rewind to something you said bro i like I I fucking love Shotzi. Like his personality, like great, everything man. about him, his gameplay. I love Shotzi. We're planning to have him on an episode down the road, which will be fun. But like, dude, you saying that like you're like the COD grandfather. You saying the person that like sees eye to eye on you with COD is Shotzi is just so funny. He's like, I know, I mean, I see it in the game, but like yeah. he is such a dumbass in real life sometimes. <laughs> with, like, this, this stuff people say, bro. I'm like, fuck, he's every brain cell just dedicated to COD. Like, I, but the video games. Hey, let's that. not forget his Halo days, bro. That's like, true. That's he's true. an absolute bro. genius. He is, he is freaking Albert Einstein when it comes to games. Uh, but when you throw him in the him. real world, holy shit. Do you see the video of him driving on the wrong side of the road? Like, yes. he literally, oh my well, God. Well, that's what bro. I'm wondering. Is this for show? Because we have some friends who, like, when they stream and stuff, they definitely do things for some show. But, like, 
I mean, no. he's like, yo, that's a state. Like, I forget no, what that one was. It was Maine or something they said. Yeah, that was one. Is that in Europe? But I was like, I have no issues boating, <laughs> like loading that kid to the max. He is literally genuinely like probably like the coolest person that I've ever had the chance to work with in any capacity. Mm. He's very genuine, bro. He's so like, he's just a good dude, like straight up. But my God, when you put him in the real world, like without his, without his girlfriend or the support of his family, he'd be lost in a day. Guy's good at games. He knows it. (laughs) I love him. I love, I love um, that kid, though. He's such a good uh, guy. I guess bro. one last thing before we get to community questions. Obviously, sort of, this has been your home. You, it feel like even for when I played, right? You you had Astro. If that went wrong, like you probably had Hector. Now you're kind of in a spot. Like at least you had Sledge. Thinking about the future. Yeah. I mean, I guess is the plan to continue coaching somewhere? Yes. Content coaching. The the plan is very much to be a head coach next year. Um, okay. Where I'm gonna land and how that's gonna happen, there I'm not gonna go right. too far into detail. Um, but I still very much am extremely passionate about working with people and the, the game itself. Like I still love COD. Like I, like as much as you see me bowl and do the other stuff, like like COD comes first. It's just it it's just I don't know, bro. There's something about it. It's just it's so much fun to be around and just again the team environment, the the camaraderie you get between the players and just the 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 work to get to something to try and achieve a goal is just there's no better feeling in my opinion it's just like it's like it'd be like clint hitting a golf ball correctly five times in a row like he would never want to lose that feeling and sending you joe and you like when you do decide to pick up golf you let me know i probably uh, but, no, but I, there, I that you. feeling is so comparable like there's no like it's just so cool to to be involved in something like that and i still very much see myself doing that for a long period of time as long as i'm capable as long as i feel like i'm it's kind of sending as playing like my career, I feel like my my playing career ended a little before I wanted it to because of the fact that I still gotta be happy you skipped jetpacks though, right? <laughs> I still <laughs> it would have been a little there's there would have been maybe a little windy day here and there on the shooting front, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, I had a couple of those, but, yeah. But I still felt like I I still wanted to play and I still felt like I was good enough to play at the time. Yeah. Um, which is the only reason why I was like a little sad about it. And I still feel like I'm one of the better coaches. I mean, without being too egotistical about it, still one of the top coaches in the league. Um, and I still see myself being able to help a team kind of drive, whether it's young players or, or any, any capacity of players to drive them to get better and as a whole and help them achieve who they want to become uh, in the game and maybe even outside the game. I feel like I've, I have a good amount of life experience as well being a little older i mean fuck i'm like what 13 years older than shotzi and illy so like i've lived through some some more shit i can't i I made so many they probably got sick of it dude i made so many jokes about how i won my first event while they were in diapers like (laughs) i I love that shit man (laughs) well listen we 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 respect you we we both have relationships with you going real far back uh listen you're you're a good dude you're incredibly smart when it comes to call of duty and i just think you know Sort of like, you know, maybe you and Joe bumping heads back in the day. Like, you it just happens. have, you, I just hope you find, like, the right fit. Because I think if you find, like, the right fit with the team and the right players, like, you can be a godlike coach. And, yeah, Appreciate you guys that. will find a lot of success. So, um, no matter where you are, you found success. That's, that's a fact. I mean, that's, that's a fact. Uh, that's just yeah. what it is. That's why I always no, tell people. Yeah. That's what the numbers yeah. say. Yeah. That's true. That's what the that's numbers true. say. Um, all right, let's do community questions. Uh, this is from uh, Twitter. People tweeting on in. Uh, maybe I switch one out. Oh, I just grabbed uh, a couple quick because we were like starting and they were still coming in. So, uh, um, wh- whatever you want to do. Okay. All right. So let's do this one. Uh, who was 
Uh, your favorite teammate, or you know, go with your favorite team because we all know your favorite, your favorite team, teammate. Yeah, yeah, Joe wants to be in there. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it has. To, I mean, I'd say it's a pretty much a tie between our our Black Ops One team and our Modern Three team. Like, obviously, you Big T were kind of like the the two that I probably had the most like fun nice. and also just eye to eye. Like, like I might have to put Big T a little higher than you just because I've been longer. Four, yeah, he yeah, cheated. Yeah, he's yeah. a fucking rat. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, that, that was kind of like the like I saw myself like as a core. I felt like us three just like we never really bump heads on much. Like it just felt like everything came natural to us, and we just always agreed on most of the things that went about. Um, and then J Cap and Scump were like definitely the other two that like like just molded in different ways. Like Cap was more. I felt like Cap was more like eye to eye, like on our sense of like like almost like brain abilities. And then Scump came in with skill, but like was just very much like down to do anything. Just like. Much. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a sponge. We just had to call his mom to wake him up for scrims. That's all. (laughs) But but yeah, I definitely, I definitely think nap. We'd be like, uh, like, I felt like, like, like if there was ever a five on five when we played, I felt like that probably would end up being her. Yeah, that would be godlike. Um, that was from Matt Stitch. Thank you, Stitch. Uh, the next one is from uh Z Burner CDL CDL fan. He says, uh, favorite player to coach and a dream team to be a coach for. Favorite player to coach. Uh, I mean, since I've started coaching, I mean, it's kind of funny because yeah, like I, I kind of coached, I kind of coached while we were playing to a certain extent, right? Like it was kind of like sure. almost player coach. Uh, but like if we're just purely talking since I, the CDL started and coaching, I mean, Shotzi and Illy are probably like the two that I felt like I had the the closest like relationship to where they were always like super like they would ask me things like more so than the other players. Um, like if something they felt like they did, they were like like hey, like do you feel like this was the kind of correct thing or not? And I felt like I've always had like good back and forth with them and just kind of talking. And it was, it was just always easy and smooth. And it was just like always just good vibes and fun with them. So I would say those two are probably uh, equal. Yeah. I said a dream team to coach for. Let's just say like maybe a player you would like to coach or maybe someone you would have liked to team with. Let's just switch it up like that. Players I like to coach. You know, I, I'm a huge fan of the challenger scene right now. Like I, I can't really pick one, but I would love to mold. Like, I feel like I've always been good at molding, like, kind of like you had to start your career, just mm-hmm. any player that kind of has that skill set and is willing to sponge information to get to the next level to where they get the intellectual aspect of the game um, and just the intangibles that you need to win. Like, I feel like that would be, like, my my dream person to coach or team to coach now would just be, a, like, just individuals that are Unfirmed willing to learn. Challengers type thing. Yeah, just, like, just incredibly talented individuals that just, like, obviously have a base knowledge, but are willing to get to that next level of like really learning the the depths of what really goes Honestly, on. Honestly, the more w. you're saying this, dude, I'd love to see if that Spanish team comes out happens, dude, I'd love to see you just vamos on stage. Vamos! Bro. <laughs> and you'd love Javi because listen, I've taught that guy lessons. I, That's why he's, you know, he's just a mustache. Thieves I don't know now. why, but oh. he's frying frying thieves now. You but, play yeah, good no, Javi's, you gotta give him Javi's a great kid. He's a great kid. Uh that'd be fun though well, to pickle. see just let's you. actually let's, let's just just because like the question asked for one let's put javi in it like so let's put yeah. javi up there i like that's, it that was my first one because okay. i play we play ranked for javi together and I, javi's good vibes, he's great right? bro dude he's, he's great. a good kid he's a good kid. uh last one this one's from uh juan or dracula he says since ray was a former developer what's one feature you would like to see in cod i like this question what were two rank play <laughs> <laughs> fair couldn't just be something simple solo duo, duo playing uh yeah. like playlist i don't know dude like 
So I feel, I feel like, question, I'm sure. like the, yeah, I mean, there's so many things we can talk about, but like to me, the biggest thing that we've lost through the years of COD is just like the difficulty in shooting. Um, mm -hmm. obviously, like the controls like longer got, ranges, yeah, yeah, the, the control has got better. The, the time to kill, like, funny enough, the time to kill hasn't really changed all that much, it's just the accuracy and the like the what, what's it called, the dynamic, like, uh, dynamic curve oh, the, and all that, like, curve, the, it's really, anything, the, anything, the, range, the range of aim assist is yeah, changed drastically. Any, anything assisted Bro. wise for shooting has just been like, dude, it's so casual now. We like, played that Black Ops 2 land, and oh dude, like, God, we were shooting Zig fighting from like Zig to like kitchen with M8s. Me and J Cap were just like fighting to warm up, and we're like, dude. We'd shoot like six bursts and not get a kill. We're like, bro, we yeah. cannot shoot right now. So I mean, yeah. that that to me was like, the, also just from a, like the golf, like I'll compare golf to that, like the feeling of reward. Like mm. you feel rewarded when you do something well that's not easy. But now shooting is just like second nature. Like there's there's basically no real skill gap between shooting anymore. Like there's still the speed element, right? You still got to be faster than someone else. But like in terms of recoil or like adjusting aim, like, I mean, you see, like, you see so very little shooting. I, I love the statistic they show at the end of games of, like, the team accuracy. It's, like, mm -hmm. 0.3 now in some cases. Bro, we used to shoot, like, points, 0.17 was, like, accurate back in our days of playing. Like, it was just, yeah. like, you just, it was just not easy to shoot. Um, yeah, so I think to answer your question, what Ray would like to see is uh, someone to delete uh, five attachments and tuning. I'm in. I agree <laughs> with you right there. I'm, I'm in on that one. Maven, too. Yeah, or, I'm down. If anything, just just raise the time to kill. Like like we we yeah. reached like the 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 balancing act could be just like make it a little more bullets to kill someone. The so last time I remember being impressed by like a gunfight win or shots at range was like a K bar back in IW or like the Maddox like when it was out when it, when oh, it was back up four when it was outside of aim assist range and someone just got zipped. Like it, yeah, like Black Ops was four was impressive. the start of like, the longer range, but you had this stim and higher TTK, so right. like it. You, you would have to hit some fucking beams. Yeah. Right. Like you would yeah, have to beam someone longer. Or you'd be like, whoa. Yeah. Like that's just, I feel like I don't get that very often. Like, now, right? like these days now, you'll, you'll get excited over a snap, like an AR snapping from like across mm -hmm. the screen is kind of exciting. A sniper shot's still exciting. But yeah. Like when you see a sub guy running and just kill things, it's like, I we're mean, snaking, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Let's not even get into that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, Ray, we love you. Thanks for, for coming on. Uh, where can the people find you if they want to watch your content or follow you? Uh, Twitch Rambo Ray and then my Twitch channel is Rambo. You know, I haven't streamed a decent amount, but I'm kind of waiting for for things to happen to start streaming again. Uh, but okay. yeah, we'll we'll be there at some point. But thanks for having me on, guys. It was a lot of fun. Right. Uh, we yeah. we loved having you. It was a it was a great chat and uh, we went through history, listen. baby. Whew, yeah, we did. We learned, I hope, hope people uh, learn some things here. Mostly, best yeah. of luck, dude. Best of Appreciate luck. It. You, you deserve all the success in the world. So people are always asking me, like, what do you, what do you, they'll come my channel, like, what do you think Rambo's going to do? I'm like, dude, this guy's, this guy's fine. Like, <laughs> like people, if, if people are, are silly, like this guy, he's just a successful guy. He's going to figure it out. That's that. what he does. It, it is stressful. Does. I won't lie. Like yeah. being in a position like this, like, I mean, yeah. for anyone who's been in a position like this, it's obviously not that enjoyable. Uh, but you fight through it and i mean i've learned a lot from the last even, even everything has kind of come down you learn a lot you learn and you kind of grow as a person and it's helped me grow in certain ways uh and helped me realize certain things i would do differently um uh, you grow in certain yeah. ways too right <laughs> <laughs> all right baby before we get too freaky you take us out of here <laughs> uh listen i usually do some weird ass rant at the end of this but i want to go play zelda so everyone fuck off i'm gonna go play zelda <laughs> Thanks again, Ray. Love you. That's the end of the episode.